The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Would you believe it is... Remix! Would you believe it is... It's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my word. How about this woman? You are really hired, Mr. Stark. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. We really should have a remix, but I ain't got no money to pay anybody for it. So, But if anybody out there wants to actually do a remix of the Comic Book Chronicles uh, theme song, actually, I don't know who the appropriate people to hook uh, to... to um, to um to get you hooked up to because I'm not them. But I am your host, Ryder Cats, and welcome to the first day of San Diego Comic Con. Yay! And yes, indeed, you can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter uh, and pretty much anywhere else before that doggone matter. The brand is strong, folks. That's somebody else. And you can also find me at Newsnerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram and Newsnerds Need to Reddit. With me tonight is the man behind the soundboards, Agent Unscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? And also, I was half expecting you to yell out, DJ Roddy Cat! We're <laughs> the best! I stopped myself. I stopped myself a second before doing something similar to that, oh. and I didn't have a air horn ready anyway, so it didn't matter. But hey, maybe next week because we'll be in full blossom by that time. There you go. No, you could have handled that for me. Anyway, uh, not with us tonight is uh, PC underscore Dirt that you can find there on Twitter. You can also find them at popculturenetwork.com and popculturenet on Twitter. Also, uh, actually, and all his umbrella stuffs underneath that. And um, also, not with us tonight, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N. CB Cron on Twitter. And of course, Comic Resources, where he's over there writing his face off now more than ever because of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, be on the lookout for his coverage all week and weekend long. Indeed, yeah. He even was covering some stuff I didn't expect from him, but then I know that you got to wear many hats when you're in that kind of field. One, these, right. one of those days I wish that I had been and done that, but nonetheless, we are proud of him and hopefully one of these days we can get him on talk about his experiences, because he's also, you know, helping raise his fams, so, busy, busy man. Yep. Uh, you can find this here podcast on uh, CSPN.us Go over there to that today. website Exactly, do it today, you'll be joining us soon or listen to us soon all that kind of good mess uh, you can also find us over on Google Play and Apple iTunes. I'm doing this right off the top of my head. I'm trying to do that. This is weird. Um, Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, uh, the Coast of the Podcast Network's uh, SoundCloud page. 
no rappers over there unless one of the other shows got some rapping on it. I don't know. There could be at this point. I don't, don't even know. And if we do, we'll send you uh, links to their mixtape. Well, only if it's good, because if it sucks, no. <laughs> <laughs> we will send you bad juju, is what we're saying, and not the Destiny 2 weapon. Um, so, yes, it is the first official day of San Diego Comic-Con, and boy, has the news been hot and heavy not just well today, especially because panels are going on and news coming out of panels and hey, it's been that kind of a day. So you're going to get a good clip of news later on in the news section. I almost did it said we should do an audible and do the news first so we can get get that out of the way before. But eh, maybe that might call for it another day if it gets that heavy next week, which I kind of doubt because a lot of it will be that down. So right, what's funny is that this week we actually only have a few comics uh, that we both read in common. Pretty much. Uh, and uh, just as a quick note before we get to our uh, comic book reviews for the week, uh, San Diego is officially like a four-day-plus show. Right. Because preview night is now Wednesday. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Um, you're, no, you're probably not mistaken. So now we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And it's pretty much the same idea with uh, with New York. So, you know, welcome to the days of uh, four day comic book conventions that are chock full of stuff spread out over four days. Excuse me. And realistically, as tends to happen with you know specifically with this and any other big uh, event such as this in New York, you know, news will start trickling out. Well, news will start coming out the week prior to, like we said last week, and start getting heavier and heavier as the week goes by. And, of course, by the time the, the official night comes, you're kind of knee-deep in it. As we sure. are today, because there is some stuff, you know, comic-related and just entertainment in general that have happens to fly on by yuck, yuck, yuck. Mm. Which, I don't have that in the news, so <laughs> it probably won't, unless, unless we just happen to mention it, it ain't coming up. Um... Such as whatever. Anyway, Wait, us, we're, gonna, we're not going into the danger zone. Oh no! No, I have a feeling it will probably come up. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Geese Goose. Um, <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. I gotta make that a sound effect. Anyway, and apparently somebody was noting that you know what? If you don't know what we're talking about right now, I don't know what's wrong with you. But we're talking about the trailer for Top Gun Maverick that that dropped today as we're recording. Um, because we knew it was one, it was going to get mentioned one way or the other. But somebody noticed that the the distinct lack of uh, Val Kilmer in the trailer. Okay. Which I'm like, like, look, the old ass um Ed Harris and 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 uh, Tom Tom um I keep wanting to call Tom him Cruise. Tom like, Tom Cruise. I don't know why I want to call him Hanks. That's terrible oversight. Uh, yeah. but yeah, but both of those, I feel like you just, I feel like Tom Cruise Tom Cruise is just going to break out into Mission Impossible. It's right. You can keep these planes. I got another job. Da-da, da-da. You know, something like that happened. Though that would be a good crossover. And it would totally make sense. Anyway, um, <laughs> fan fiction, go. Anyhow, but uh, enough about that. We'll get into some more um, entertainment music, musings later. We're, for right now, we're going to get into the comics of the week. Starting off with the Immortal Hulk number 21. Yes, it's at the top of many reading lists any mm-hmm. week that it comes out and it's mm-hmm. pretty much near the top of mine whenever it's released um just before we start the uh 
start the review, I wanted to mention that um, the art on this book is a little different this week. There is a, a, a different artist. I think it's a, a result of um, by design. Joe Bennett. Yeah, Joe Bennett, I think, is on every two issues and then every third issue of somebody else. Right. This time it's Ryan Bodenheim who does a bang up job nonetheless. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, it's noticeably different, but it's still not bad. And I also wanted to mention that the cover by Alex Ross is pretty impressive. It's got lots of, it's, it, it's a, it's General 14 looking at various moments of Hulk history on uh, multiple computer monitors. And it's, it's just a really beautiful piece of work. So it is. I just wanted it is. to mention that. Yeah, is it just me or does that seem tame by Ross standards? I don't know. I it's be... not that it's it's not that it's meant to be dramatic. I just think that I, you know, like just just the the sheer, um, you know, just the, the 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 things that are being referenced. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the scenes that are being referenced. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really, you know, it's not as dramatic as some of the uh, previous. Um, covers that he's done for Immortal Hulk, but right. I, I, I was very impressed by this. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, and that's not saying that it, it's not a good cover, but yeah, look, just like you said, like yeah, there's, you know, it, there there's more to it than just what's being shown. But like I said, for for Alex Ross, it just seems a little understated, or just just stated, not understated. But and shout out to the uh, what should we call it? The, those ergonomic ball chairs that everyone's sitting on. I know, right. <laughs> you know, you see that you see the people working at Shadow Base sitting on those ball chairs. So. Got to keep on your toes. Got to keep that core. Yep. Um, oh, that, speaking of, well, not speaking of core, but I've meant this uh, asked this earlier. I'm had to see if um, our erstwhile friend Matt Wang is busy next week. Maybe we could try to get him home. Get get him home uh, next week to get his uh, his musings from the show. But. We'll talk about that later. I had to reach out to him. I meant to do that. Shall really. see. Yes, but anyway, Immortal Hulk. Um, so yeah, we are basically skipping through two different. Well, not skipping through because that sounds like something else. But we're basically getting a little bit more information on General Fortian and his history with the well, his history with the military and the Hulk project in in itself. Um, we at the same time. He is infiltrating. Um, is it still the peak? Because because Gamma Project is based off of out of Swords Old Base, right? Which is the peak. No, but I think that station long ago crashed and burned. Did it? Yeah, pretty I sure. Thought it, I thought it was still up as of. Um, pretty sure. Well, you might be right. I don't know because I could have sworn. Pretty sure. Still- My understanding is that this is the Alpha Flight Space Station. That's the caption that's used. Sure. And I'm pretty sure that's the uh, that's the current um, superhero base that's in space. Sure, but I assume that was like just re- repurpose the name like they've done in, in certain instances. But no, I think I actually think the peak is uh, gone the way of the dodo. Hmm. Okay, because I felt like it was still up, like even after the the force field was uh, around uh, Secret Empire. But I could be wrong. Uh, no, way, I think at that point they had already put up Alpha Flight Station. Okay, sure. But either way, um, Fortean makes a makes a some would say a leap of faith. It wasn't such was much of a leap as much as it was a teleport <laughs> that it, that they may or may not have had all the variables for. But it went off without a hitch, and he infiltrates the base, 
taking down various members of Gamma Flight handily um, before going there and getting the thing that he wanted. Right, he's on a recovery mission. Spoiler alert! Hmm. Yes, for a recently taken husk of a thing, um, basically getting assets back, you may you might say. Right, this is a direct follow-up to the events of the previous issue where uh, uh, husk, I call that a carapace, because that's sort of what it is. It's kind of like the exterior shell. Tomato, tomato, sure. Um, but uh, ultimately, that's what Fortin is looking for. And he is, as I rang the spoiler bell, successful. And he is wrecking everyone in his path. Yeah. He does not take prisoners. And um, as uh, we mentioned in our, pre- in our conversation just before going on, we also get a lot more of Fortin's backstory yes. uh, filled in during moments of the, the telling of this tale of uh, Fortian uh, infiltrating Alpha Flight stations. Every time I see the word Fortian, I think Fortran and I get shivers. <laughs> That's what I think of too. It's funny. I'm not even a programmer and I yeah, see that as like a Fortran. I mean, granted, I, I crushed Fortran when I took it, but still. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so that was pretty much the gist of it, but at the end of it, we switched. We talked about this earlier before the show also. Um, after he re- acquires this hus slash carapace, whatever, um, he goes to use it in a certain way, which brings about a much, a, I think we've decided a pretty equally a striking uh, end, um, end page, such as the one from a couple of issues back where Bitty was eaten. Uh, granted, that one's pretty much starker, but, you know, this one kind of hits a note. But in a kind of way, in reading it, is, or if you reread it, you think, especially once you get to a certain point, like, okay, yeah, you, you knew this was coming, basically, which, you know, I think as you might have said earlier, or or, or might have alluded to earlier, it's like, yeah, you kind of didn't see that was going to happen, but you, you kind of could. Mm-hmm. Especially, like I said, once you get to a certain point, where, especially when um, 14 was talking to the, the Thunderbolt in a flashback, it was like, huh, okay, well, what's going to happen after that? Now, yeah, we didn't think you know, you didn't think it was like he's not going to do that, but he did. So, which you know, kind of brings up other things like you know, it's, it's always that old adage of being the monster that you didn't want that you're fighting, and that which is a thing that is um has come up a lot in Hulk history. You know, with with um with Banner himself and the people fighting with him, as we know, you know, General Ross has you know uh, ended up being the Red Hulk. You know, to fight against the Hulk, and I think we get an explanation because of the flashback here, as a, or his reasoning as to why he did it in a some roundabout way, right? And Without also the reason why he can't, cannot continue to do it exactly. So, which makes sense because he finally got to that realization, which was past time. But then again, his fate being what it was after after that, you know. Although we still don't know if that's going to stick or not. Because I think he's probably one of the few that hasn't, you know, that hasn't really shown back up like that. Like, like well, I rang the spoiler bell. Did you, uh, I, I'm just going to remind you that um, his grave is now empty because they showed it. Um, yeah, I forgot. It's that. been a few issues ago. Yeah, yeah. It was a few issues ago in this book where 
uh, Ross's. Uh, but, well, it still stands a reason, though. They still haven't showed him yet, but regardless of whether it's. Right. Uh, so. Right. He's still, he's still, if not among the living, at least not quite among the Sure, which means that, yeah, they're definitely playing for him. And as we see from the, the, page, the, the, um, the letters page, um, a previously reintroduced uh, person who we didn't know who it was, we, I guess that's reason enough to, to know now if you read it. Somebody's back and they're pissed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't read it, so yeah. I have to take a look at it. So basically, the per- the former owner of that, or the former inhabitant of that that an uh, abomination shell, mm-hmm. was ripped out of it. I guess is going to um, be have an appearance next issue and be very very upset. Believe it. Yeah. Which. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, this is a potential click of the week for me. I really enjoyed this. You know, Al Ewing is hitting on all cylinders, and the uh, even though it was a fill in artist, it was still very well done. Yes, indeed. Uh, next up, wait, what else did you say? Let me look at what you got here. Cause you mentioned it and I totally forgot already. Um, War Hulk invaders. I don't know if you got through justice league 28. I did not. Uh, um, let's go. Black. For black. Yeah. 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 You know what? Yeah, let's go there first. Um, okay. for, for black number two, that joint is still trippy. The artwork on that joint is still trippy. Um, Definitely. In a good way, but it also lends itself to being slightly hard to uh, to suss out in a couple of spots. It's <laughs> so what it is, and and before you know, I, it's hard for me to compare it to anything, which is great, mm-hmm. right? There's multiple art. There are multiple artists that have styles that are sometimes hard to decipher, uh, not because they're 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 bad at rendering forms of detail, but because they're almost too busy. I throw some of Bacalo's art in there. Mm-hmm. Or Bacalo, I'm not 100% sure how he's pronounced that. I really need to like run into him at a con at some point and right. hear, him, hear his name pronounced. Or but, find an interview, yeah. Right, but, uh, but ultimately, uh, I, I'm reminded somewhat of some of Bacalo's uh, really busy work that is sometimes very hard to decipher. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand some of the criticism, but I think that Tradmore, between issues one and two, I think toned down some of the more problematic parts of the art that we saw. Maybe it's a fa- maybe it's a uh, uh, as a result of the coloring, maybe maybe a little bit more toned down, or maybe just the, the poses in itself. Because I thought my biggest issue with the first. Uh, issue, you know, no pun intended, hmm. but uh, was uh, you know the Silver Surfer's never-ending set of abs, and you know just the just the rendition of the character mm-hmm. wasn't pleasing to the eye. But I thought that it was a lot. It was toned down a bit, and I could f- I found myself able to follow the action in this issue very easily. Hmm. So and, I think well, and, wasn't, and I wasn't. I was, I was just going to add. I wasn't. Uh, my 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 disbelief was not suspended. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, my you know what my you know wasn't what, you know my my suspension disbelief wasn't uh, disturbed by the fact that the art was really messy. 
Sure. Well, I think, I, as I was going to say, I think that, especially with the first issue, and I'm not, I can't really speak for what the creative team was thinking, that might have been a choice because of what was going on through part, through part of that first issue with him going through the uh, black hole and whatnot. And I can't, um, but still, yeah, um, it's, it's still a valid point. And yeah, and this one, because he's kind of through it and going through what he's going through now with... Um, with Cole, spoiler alert, which... Or no. No, yeah, thank you. I keep... Yeah, because Cole is a barbarian conqueror. And every time, <laughs> and I've, I've done that more than one time. It was like, I think it, I know there's an end there, but it's like, I keep thinking Cole and the Glaive and all that kind of, uh, you know. And that's, that's, I think that's somebody else. Regardless, um, you know, Noel's been brought up recent, fairly recently, which that, that was the one thing that kind of made me think, because I was like, wait, he's got his sword. Which, granted, he's a he's the quote unquote god of the symbiote, so I'm sure that sword is like, you know, made of him, whatever the case may be. But we've seen that sword somewhere else, <laughs> fairly recently, right? In in the world of realms, but like I said, that's you know, it, that matters very little. It's just a matter. Of, it's just like, huh, weird. But um, that whole fight and everything that happens in, in this issue, like, yeah, it wasn't that terribly hard to 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 um. To says out, it's just like there was like one or two spots where it just things kind of tend to, to blend a little bit. I will say that the art would make for a damn good Funkadelic art uh, um, album cover. <laughs> Although I, I think I said in my notes, um, um, oh yeah, what did I say? I said something about um, Purple Haze or Dark Side of the Moon should be listened to while 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 um, while reading this. I don't think mm. either one of those are the best choices, but those are the only ones I could think of at the time. Because um, you know, during the whole fight, you know, this just like I said, with the tripping art was still great, but it was just like, yeah, this is some this was some visuals that would go along with some some with some music. Um, so, so speaking of the fight, the fight between Null and the Surfer, and we're not really spoiling anything in here because this is essentially what the last issue was leading into, and. It's, you know, and this is a mini series after all, so they're going to confront each other sooner rather than later. Uh, what, what we have in this issue is a fight interrupted. And it's interrupted not by who you think it's interrupted by. Right. Completely. And it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool reveal at the end of the issue that it's not who you think it is, even though it, there's no, little hints even... dropped towards the end. Right. There's hints dropped. That it's not who you think it is, and then you realize, wow, it really wasn't who. We yeah, think I was about to say, not even close to who you would have thought it would have been. Um, right. And oh, I will also say because I do have it in my notes, like reading this digitally kind of takes a little away from it, also because of the way that digital is handled. So, which means that the the, the you're not reading two pages, you're not seeing two pages at one time, and there are some um, some panels that go across both pages. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Depending on right, depending on how you adjust your uh, your uh, your digital viewer, your digital reader, right, um, to view across two pages. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, there's there's a little bit in this uh, in this issue where that that is um, kind of defeats the purpose right. of in the layout. I, right. In fact, I might have, that might have happened in another book this week also. But that's you know it is. But it's also also just it's not a factor of anything outside of the factor. Well, you know, you're reading digitally and you have it set up a certain way. So right. It's all yeah. Exactly. Once you once you run into that, if you just reset the view, so you can read the pages. Right. If you read the pages side by side, you can really take it in. Yeah. But I definitely understand 
that uh, you know, and this is more, uh, this is more for uh, for for those of us who are getting our preview and review copies this way. Um, you know, it's a problem. I don't think this is like a Marvel Unlimited problem because I think it's it, it adjusts the screen, it adjusts the view automatically. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm not sure because like, for uh, those motion, not motion comics, you know, it, I mean. they can, yeah, just like you could set like comic just you know, like any other reader like that or most other readers like that. But yeah, I think that's probably correct. Right. Or like I said, you can set it up, you know, set it up the way you need it to. Um, if you're a loser like me and just reading this through uh, Acrobat or something, you know, you have to just switch it so that you're viewing it side by side, like two pages at a time. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's, 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 it's simple, but like, but like Roddy mentioned, if you're, if you really care about it, yeah, you go through the extra trouble. Well, so wow. Acrobat, you're a rebel. Um, well, you know, what are you going to do? Get a reader. It doesn't make that big of a difference really, but yeah, but sometimes uh, there are there, are, like, the readers is because you can set it up in a way that that reading in Acrobat won't mm-hmm. won't really allow you to do that well, or that easily, I should say. Uh, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. That's inside baseball, right there, ladies <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen. Pretty much. Uh, the next book we have, because I think we're pretty much uh, ran that one through. Yeah. Well, actually, the one last question is: What do you, are you still still invested? Yes. Yes, what's funny about this is I did not buy a physical copy right away. I got one maybe a week later hmm. of number one, and I did not pull uh, number two yet, but I think I may add the rest of the series to my physical pull. Um, you know, it, it's pretty good, and I'm surprised to see that I have uh, previews, um, the previews of listing for this week, where it lists that there's actually a third printing, a third printing of Silver Surfer Black number one already. Hmm. So that's pretty impressive. I would say that's also surprising, but probably not. I don't know. Like the, the creative team in itself have has goodwill, one, and who knows where this thing is going to go, you know. Right. So uh, that being the case... Invaders number seven is our next book. Sure. Which is a weird leap, but none a leap nonetheless. Hey, if if we hadn't had a movie called Captain America Civil War, I would say they could have taken a, 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 at least a couple of pages out of that for this, which we'll, we'll probably kind of get into a little bit later on with a, a news item. Um, because... At the end, the, at the beginning of the book, after the things have gone down, they're trying to recoup, uh, you know, trying to give outreach to the some of the some, some of the folks who've been displaced and are, and are still on the water due to uh, Namor's uh, bomb. But uh, there's uh, some none too pleased personage in the form of one Tony Stark, <laughs> who basically came with the came in with the wild. I told you so, and we could have done something about it. To which. Bucky kind of comes back at him, you know, uh, he's talking to Cap at the time, you know, uh, and while Bucky come back, it was like, yeah, y'all tried attacking Atlantis. How'd that go? <laughs> to which there was no reply. And then uh, a little standoff ends up happening between them, which, like, again, could have been something you would have seen or kind of sort of like have seen in one uh, Captain America Civil War. 
because obviously Cap comes in and be like, hey, leave him alone. Leave Bucky alone. <laughs> and then he basically says, I let you have those. Bucks. Exactly. I'm like, oh boy. Like, yeah. Which, you know, what, <laughs> would, you, what would you expect? I, you know what? The funny part about it is when he, when Tony took those punches, I said the exact same thing in my mind. And then he ended mm-hmm. up saying it, you know, uh, a page later. I'm like, yep, there you go. Just, just as expected. That's funny. So I mean, then, what, yeah. Well, uh, I was about to say, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, then, um, like I said, then the, the rest of the issue is pretty much, um, you know, them trying to figure out their next move and, and, sense, and making plans to go to, to, to deal with that. And on the other side of it, we see um, Namor talking to, which, talking to the, the person in his head still, which I still, that part still kind of is weird to me. But and I think there's probably some there still might be something else to it that might have been I feel like we that there's something else about that that uh the answer to has been said already. But you know, it just kind of was a throwaway. I suspect and I'm glad that you brought this up because there something happens at the end of the issue. I didn't put it in my notes. Mm-hmm. A, a familiar, uh, a, well, a familiar to those of us of a certain vintage uh, item of note. It's a, it's an artifact in the Marvel universe that once had a lot that actually <laughs> drove, yes, uh, a crossover many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. and it's not something we've really seen as mm-hmm. as Roddy Cat mentioned for what seems like quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm and, slightly surprised. I am actually kind of saw it surprised they hadn't put it in the in the MCU. And not a not a not a thing about it. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. What I was going to say is that I was surprised that they had up until this point not yet put this object into this book because right. this is one of those objects that ties into so many of these characters. Mm-hmm. So I have a, my my guess is that there may be a tie between the this particular artifact and a previous user of the artifact that is mentioned in this issue. You're go you're kinda you're kinda where, where I am with that. And I wonder if that's not uh, going to become part of the story. And I really like where this is going. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think we're, we may be on the same page with that because that's what that's kind of what I was alluding to. If, we, if, we're, if we're on the same page, I'm like, because because especially with the 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 person that's in his head, like some of the things not adding up there, and there's no way. And granted, if you and granted, yeah, this is kind of inserted into his history, but you would think like, where has this been? All this other like, obviously this. Thing hasn't this person hasn't shown up all this other time because it's never it wasn't invented yet. But as they've laid out in this book, this person has always been there. Uh, and all and we're we're kind of seeing may or may have a little bit more control over uh, Namor than than we know, which is leading more towards what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And this artifact, which we will go ahead and say, it's the Serpent Crown. Look it up, folks. It's Right. There was whole events <laughs> built off of that thing, in in arcs of um, Avengers story and other folks' story stories built off of it. So. And there's also and there's also just just to to kind of wrap up the, the discussion on this book. There's also an, uh, a development in 
um, Jim Hammond's appearance. Yes. Uh, the um, I'm speaking of the Android Human Torch, where we're not sure how this is going to play out in the future because if Hammond was one thing, he was... If, if he benefited from one thing, was that he could pass as human. Right. And that's not necessarily the case at this point. So we'll see how this turns out, but Assuming. it's an interesting... It's an interesting development. Right. Yes. He, let's just say he has um, he is reaping the benefits of more Stark technology. Do with that what you may. Although, look, there have that doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't, depending on what kind of technology is built into what he's you know what he's uh, been reformed into. Right. But it's probably something that's not even you know on the on the on the is no one's even caring put it that way. Uh, enough to even give that in thing because I mean, outside of this book, I can't see Jim being that big of a a major player outside of here anyway. And speaking of, we also see some other. Uh, we see another longtime uh, invader kind of pop into the fold because of, or well, prior to that, right? Um, you know, so whether this person's going to have any other dealings outside of popping up then because. You saw him in a flashback, but then I guess you should have expected, okay, of course this person's going to pop up again later, or at least one of the people that was in that flashback was going to, one part of that flashback was going to pop up again. Sure. So, it was probably inevitable. Should have seen it coming. So, yeah, yeah. that's Invaders number seven. Um, yeah, like I said, kind of curious to see where the, where that story is going to go. And again, I still keep falling back into like where is where is this in relation to World of Realms? But I, I need to stop it, and I got to get off of that because it doesn't really matter. There's no point in yeah. There's no point in trying to figure it out because my last my last note, and we've talked about it numerous times over the course of the events of the first six issues of this book, uh-huh. which is you know it's still it's still crazy that the events of the book don't bring more levels of intervention. From the world at large, exactly. Although but it maybe might that still be coming, right? Because there's still that part of an Avengers that that we haven't seen played out, and maybe exactly that's going to come in play there. Exactly. So that being the case, what's next? What's next? So we can actually go into rapid fire if you want, yeah, or sure. do it. Throw out a couple of books. I'll spin it up. <laughs> Rapid fire mode. Let's roll. Um, I will go ahead and do mine because I don't see any other. Yeah. Um, Loki number one is a new number one for the week. The um, I thought reading the last page of the book there was there was another one that we'd missed, but apparently that's not true, and that could have been a, a mistype on their part. But not to spoil too much on it, uh, we knew Loki was going to get a new book coming out of World of Realms. Uh, so I guess spoiler, non-spoiler, if you're not caught up with that, uh, event, cause you know, he supposedly died, which I don't think he did. He was still digesting. I, I'm, you know, but the, 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 even this book says like, yeah, he died, but was reborn. I'm like, he really kind of, I'm just assuming that he wasn't fully digested yet during however long it took quarter world to happen. And so when he came back out, he was still kind of, you know, gestating like he was right. in a starlight pit or something. Um, but regardless, none of that matters. So he's back. He's got his own throne, and um, 
Loki's without spoiling too much. Loki's still Loki on the on the inside. He's not Agent of Asgard or Loki. He's at this point at least that we see. He is still sort of the mischief maker, but he's also the king of uh, Jotunheim. But um, with that duty, he's still Loki, which means you know some of the responsibilities. Even though this is something he's kind of always wanted, seem to be shirked. So, so to speak. Um, actually, going going to, I will say that there is there a, a thing that happens uh, near the end or near the middle of the book after another person in Thor's life who has also had a major life change um, comes in and tries to school him on what he's doing, <laughs> which is a funny thing in itself. Um, Loki does a thing. Uh, that is kind of funny but seems familiar and also dispatches uh, takes care of a problem in a similar way than he had been recently taken care of with a person who you would not have expected well actually take it back you would have expected who's kind of had some play in a couple other books um, and been mentioned uh, in a couple well has been mentioned and seen in in a couple of different other books uh, as of recent note, so the fact that he's here as a beginning arc person is yeah is what it is, but laughable. So, but anyway, like I said, this per- this person gets dispatched in a similar way that Loki had been recently, and I was like, huh, that's I don't know if that was intentional or that was just happened to be happened. But regardless, it was a decent read. Um, not sure where this book is going to go, but um hey i'm still in for another couple of uh issues to see to see what happens uh let's see domino hotshots number five this is the the last issue of this book um and we see domino and her team of uh, ladies tackle a grieving person who's been touched by um celestial energies uh, and they end up taking care of it, and everyone goes home all nice and happy. Well, not everybody, except for the person who was uh, the, the, the bad guy person in the first place, but the team is all together, and they get a new mission coming out of it uh, for their troubles, which may or may not come up anywhere else, because like Domino doesn't have her book anymore, and I believe this is, and like I said, this is the last issue of this book. But it was a pretty de- uh, decent read. It was cool. There was a couple of things in that it was kind of like what ifs that I wouldn't that um that kind of popped up on a page in the book that I wouldn't mind seeing played out. And I was that's all I'll say on that. Um, X Force number ten. Speaking of Domino, uh, this is the last issue of this book before the 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 hickening <laughs> next week. Um, and it shows. So the the team is in the future and they've saved uh, Young Cable. And uh, at this point, I don't know if you're reading this or not, uh, Agent 70. I don't think so. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but so Rachel so, uh, Rachel Summers was also there, and she was in captivity, but now she is not anymore. And the team ends up wrecking shop and dealing with Shrife uh, in a way. And, of course, that, that moral quandary always com- comes up. Should we kill? Should we not kill? What's going to happen? The timeline, blah, 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 this and that and the other. Um which leads into them doing a thing that kind of cleans up pretty much the whole, the whole 
well, supposedly cleans up the whole 10 issues of the book and as in, as in saying it didn't happen in someone's mind. Um, therefore, you know, clearing the timeline and the book ends with them a literal wink and not to a uh, cable saying, well, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm excited for it. Wink. Like there was a literal wink at the end of the page, which again, we all know the Hickening's coming um, next week. And I feel like that was a pretty blatant nod to that, which hmm. at this point, why not? Um, wait, did Uncanny come out this week or no? Cause you, yes. Okay. You, you'll talk about that. I think. I'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, Transformers number nine. Uh, basically, Chromia and team are, are on on a hunt, and uh, some big booms happen, and some trouble happens. Uh, Proud plays bad cop, which is always funny to see, in in because of the way they got him portrayed um, in this series and the last series, he's kind of like bad cop, worst cop, something like that. But um, yeah, because they are still on the hunt of trying to figure out what's things going on and what was hinted at happening last issue didn't happen, which I think they have a, maybe I did not notice, they have like two different things going on here or two different sides, two different stories going on here that broke off from um, one of the earlier issues. Like one, there's the murders and two, there's a prime dealing with his side of it and then there's the police basically bots trying to work the angles on their end uh, and but whatever Bumblebee's doing. So it's, there's a thing there. But regardless, still going on. Um, see, bit of a Teen Titans number 32. Um, pretty much going by my notes. It's the year of the villain tie in, uh, Teen Titans versus Lobo round two, which I feel like I thought I read the issue 31, but I don't remember anything that happened with it. So I don't, that, that's either says a lot about me or says a lot about what I read, which probably is me. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so there's another fight with, Team Titans and Lobo being that crush, being the Lobo's daughter is on the team. He came to deal with her and apparently he was hired to do so. Um, but the team deals with that in kind of a way. And then we get a shot of where they put him, which was on the moon and a projection from a Legion of Doom headquarters looking drone and one Lex Luthor um, hiring Lobo to take out the Team Titans. Kind of sounds like extra vengeance. Probably meant to be that way. Because <laughs> again, playbooks, folks. And last but not least, Superman's Pals, Jimmy Olsen, number one. This was um. So this is the book from from Matt Fraction. It's a twelve issue maxi series. I guess that's what they call them nowadays. Um, which is weird because it's basically just a big mini series, a double. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a weird book because it starts off like back in the day with before Metropolis and the, the, apparently the Olsen clan people were like uh, here on Metropolis, one of the first people here on Metropolis before the Luthors came and tried to take over. Then it cuts to present day and does a little bit more on that. And then it cuts into like and it's called called up into like two or three different stories. Like little mini stories, and then it gets into a story where, you know, my present day Jimmy Olsen's working at the Bugle. I mean, I'm sorry, oops, the planet, ha ha. <laughs> uh, and was getting fired by by. I gotta, I gotta make that a sound effect too. Sorry, this is no problem. Um, but yeah, and you know, 
for things that he's so apparently he's more of a liability but he's the one that's making the bugle uh, I keep saying that I didn't that was not even intentional that time um the daily planets he's the one that's keeping them afloat with all of his shenanigans uh but the the higher ups want to kind of keep him quiet for a while because of all the the liabilities they are incurring for him so they end up sending him to the one place where I guess he can't cause trouble, but where there's a whole lot of trouble. One uh, that's being oversaw by a, a certain bet, let's just say, is where he ends up. And then there's a whole thing about him being murdered. I don't know that that it gets brought up, but whether that's actually a thing or because of where he is. So yeah, like I said, it's it's a interesting but but weird and a little funny book. Um, I don't know. I may stick to it. That's it for me. All right. Uh, that's an interesting take on that Superman's Pal. I forgot that came out this week. I hmm. wanted to try to read that. Yeah, I mean, it's fraction, so you kind of expect them. Like, what were you going to do with the Jimmy Olsen anyway? So, you know. And what's funny about it is the way you described it is, he, you know, it's almost like he's a Wayne. You know, there's a couple of families that have multiple generations in these big. They don't uh, play it like that, but yeah, they kind of. Yeah. Right, where there's like multiple generations of one family mm-hmm. in that city, and they they tell the story of that family. Yeah, like so they bring it up, but they kind of drop it almost as fast as they as they bring it up. Because like I say, the first couple of stories are kind of that, and then the next story after that is just, hey, it's Jimmy Olsen at the Daily Planet, and right. So we'll see how the rest of the right. We'll see how the remaining eleven issues play out. Exactly, because clearly that's going to come together some kind of way. Gotcha. All right. So uh, for my rapid fire books, I will start with Batman number seventy five. I hate to say this, this is the, uh, you know, uh, everything changes in this issue and not necessarily for the better. I'm actually honestly considering dropping this before King finishes his Batman run. Um, I was only 10 more issues. What's that? It's it's only 10 more issues. You went on mute. Ah, It's only 10 more issues. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick it out. Um, it's, it, it, it was, um, not an on it wasn't uh an unforeseen development given that there's 10 more issues for the story to play out hmm. but at the same time i was pretty disappointed to read we may have uh, a little bit of uh, news on uh, around that front later right and obviously with the year the villain stuff uh taking effect it's no surprise that this is the way the story went so and speaking of that, speaking of uh, Year of the Villain stuff, Justice League number 28. Uh, tough look for my guy, Martian Manhunter, in this issue. Shout out to Binge Mode and the folks over at that podcast. Um, we finally see what Snyder meant by the term Apex Predator in the context of the story. I know I complained about that a couple of weeks ago in the previous issue where we still had not yet found out what he meant in in the context of this story, what he meant by uh, Apex Predator, what we find out in this issue. Yeah, it reads a little bit better if you've uh, read the last couple of issues back-to-back. Right. I believe Yeah. I believe it without having to wait. I understand. Right. Uh, My next book is Age of X-Men Omega number one. Ha! Ha ha! I totally gotta get that sound. List. Ha ha! Seriously, I didn't have to read a single page of any of these Age of X-Men books. <laughs> Not one. I was Omega. going to ask you that question. Right. If you kept the Omega book, I did read the Omega book. 
Right. Now I at least know how who's back in the MU proper. Speaking of that, Uncanny X-Men number 22 is the last Uncanny X-Men book um, for the foreseeable future. Um, the Matt Rosenberg bloodbath continues. It is comics, though, so we know death in comics is not permanent except for Uncle Ben. Uh, and and Ben Foster, uh, Bill Foster, and I don't know. See, so there's so that brings up the thing that CB Sabolsky said a, a, a while ago about some you know being some death being a little bit more permanent. We don't right. know how far that's going to reach or whether that's going to play into this or not. Because yeah, exactly. Because this is right. Because this is going right into the event. Right. And we so, don't know how that's going to how how that seems is going to play out. Right, so this ties into the end of the uh, Age of X-Men story. So we'll see how Hickman's two miniseries pick up, picks up the pieces uh, after Uncanny X-Men number 22 and uh, the end of Age of X-Men. The next book I've got is Captain Marvel number 8. So I jumped on. I've been reading this book. I can't even say jumped on. Yeah, but I want you, to talk about you've been on this book for a minute. Right, I wanted to talk about this issue because... One, a new character is introduced, so of course, speculators being speculators, they're all they're going to snap up this book off the shelves and throw it on eBay because it's a first appearance of a new character. Um, it's uh, the story is kind of a trope, but there is a bit of MCU storytelling that has woven its way in. Um, this issue starts an arc that has Carol kind of having problems with her powers, but we also have the, um, the fallout from the revelations in the life of Captain Marvel title, and they finally have an impact in the ongoing title. So there's a couple of things going on in this book. It's actually a pretty interesting read, and it's I'm interested to see where this goes from here. The next book I've got is Daredevil number eight. This is a strong candidate for click of the week. This was a really well-written issue that retcons uh, maybe new crime family into the heart, the, into the history of Hell's Kitchen. There's plenty of Matt Murdock highlights in this, and we are still dealing with um, the, the, the quote-unquote no daredevil um, proper yet. So there's plenty of Matt Murdock, in, Matt Murdock in this. And again, it's a really, really well-written issue. Um... So we did Immortal Hulk and Invaders and Silver Surfer Black. So the last book I've got is Spider-Man Life Story number five. Now, I'm a late convert to this story, but it is an interesting take on the events of the Marvel Universe as if they unfolded in real time from the 60s until now. This particular issue dealt with the Civil War events as well as the introduction of Morlon and the other storyline. So... Um, it's actually, you know, I'm I'm honestly pleasantly surprised that I like this. I heard word of mouth on this, and that's what got me to go back and pick up the first, literally four issues of this in one swoop. Yeah, I didn't wait for the trade. I picked up the first four issues. Just I went back and found a comic store that had them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been every time I've seen this come out, I've been curious as to read it, but I, I hadn't. I, I still have copies of the the first couple to go back to. Um, but yeah. It's definitely worth reading. So yeah. we're on five. And I'm not, listen, I've got a Mark Bagley sketch. I'm not a fan of Bagley's work if he's in a hurry. Listen, that guy can churn out stuff in a hurry. 
Yes. And it shows, you know, he's the master of, you know, like barely putting the lines together to construct a face. But in this book, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he's got, he, he more, more likely than not had plenty of time from Chip Zdarsky and, um, you know, to, to churn out this, this book on a limited series schedule. And he's got John Dale inking him and Frank Darmada, who's a great bang up colorist doing the work. So the art is very solid, despite the fact, you know, listen, not everyone is a fan of Bagley's style, but this is the cleanest that Bagley looks when he has time and when he's got solid supporting um, artists who, who help to put together a good, solid, um, uh, solidly illustrated and solidly uh, colored book. So um, this is the best incarnation of uh, Mark Bagley's art. So I definitely recommend this. It's actually a really interesting take on what would have happened if this was playing out in real life. Cool. And that's it. I'm interested. Um, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. All right. I'm actually, I'm actually a little torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the Mortal Hulk. Um, I really did. I also like Daredevil number eight, though, because I was just really, uh, I, I was just really entertained by the writing in it. And you know, shout out to Chip Zdarsky. He tr- he, he he turned out a couple of books this week that uh, I had a lot of fun reading. And I'm gonna make a a, a pretty standard uh, pick for me. I'm going with Immortal Hulk number twenty one as my click of the week. But Darede- Daredevil number eight is a close close second. Yeah, I'm click. Oh, why did I do that? Um, I feel like the the last time Hulk came up, I did that, which wouldn't deter me from doing it this week. But um, man, I don't know. It's um, hmm. There was that part of uh, Invader, the beginning part of Invaders, that was like, all right, yeah, I want more of that. But at the same time, like we've seen this. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, which again we'll get to in the news section. Um hmm. you know what? I'm weird enough gonna go with Silver Surfer Black. Nice. Cause just despite of what I said about the art, there was there's still something there. Um wherever it's going to land. Uh, I I'm worried about it because I mean obviously this is I don't feel like this was meant to go anywhere. But just to be self-contained, you know, many outside. I found one. Nice. Uh, so there is that. Uh, and with that, we're done with the books. And we, oh, oh, sorry, it's on loop. Super YouTube. Uh, got our first ad read. Our first ad read of the night. First ad read of the night. Pulling this up now. It's for. Uh, let's see. I gotta choose. Busted Tees. This episode of the Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, 
cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture. And much more are on sale. To help keep our podcasts free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on Keep Our Podcasts Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And that was time for the cinematic news. We're going into the long, long news section. (laughs) That would be the next section because the cinematic's not that bad. Uh, And we start off with The Flash's Killer Frost shows off new costume and clear-cut photo. So, uh, yeah, we get a new picture of uh, Danielle Panabaker in her new um, uh, Killer Frost outfit. And if you're watching the video, you can see it there. Which It's, it's kind of creepy, though. Yeah, that's sure. Well, I mean, Killer Frost isn't normally like that, right? No. Well, okay. I mean, well, see, when was the last time we've seen Killer Frost in the, in the, the comics? But regardless, obviously, it is the, the, the televised, a.k.a. DC, you know, the, the cinematic version or whatever. Or not cinematic, but you know what I'm saying, the TV version. So, you gotta, you, there are concessions made, obviously. Right. So, and yeah. even with this, from the last time I remember seeing her on the show in that in the costume, it wasn't that much different. Like, I think that, that thing she's got on the, the, um, the thing looks like the drapery is probably new. But, okay. Anyway, it's been a while since uh, since I've seen the show, but yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's for a show, so I'm not gonna tart her up too too bad. All right. Next. Uh, next. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow season five's villain is a Constantine mainstay, so they have a new big bad. Uh, Constantine and his teammates are going to go up against um, Astra Logue, the Astra little girl who once know. failed to save. Astra is looking to fill the power vacuum left behind by the archdemon Neron uh, when the legends defeated him. And my entire response to this is, ooh. Yeah. I feel like, and I, um, I could be mistaken, but I'm thinking, um, let's see, Astra is reserved for the end of season four. So, yeah, so since Constantine's been on the show, they've been kind of putting in a, a few a few different bits of his stuff in there, you know. Uh, add into it, and I want to say, I can't remember if Astra was someone that was brought up on his show, uh, which was a good show, and I wish it hadn't hadn't died so soon. But I feel like NBC was, you know, I mean, NBC dropped the ball on that one, but and but well, especially with what it had on. But that's editorializing. So yeah, I don't know, and I'm not caught up on Legend, so I'm not sure either way. And I don't think it would probably be the same person they brought up. I mean, anyway. But hey, if you see, hadn't seen uh, Constantine the show, the um, it's it's out there on Hulu and other places. Well, I don't know if it's on Hulu, but it's out there. You should go check it out. Actually, I don't know if they have it on DC uh, DC Universe. They should. Regardless, it was a good show. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I'm not sure. I know the movie is on Netflix. That's for certain. But uh, it might be there. Yeah, if it's if it's not there, it's probably on Hulu. Mm-hmm. If it's not, and it's not on uh, DC Universe, but I'll check in a little bit. Regardless, next up. Um, oops. Oh, fiddle faddle. Uh, Melissa Benoist. Uh, yeah, that's my fault. Whatever. 
Um, Benoist talks about giving Supergirl pants in season five. What? Yes. No more skirt. She's tired of running around in the skirt? Well, I mean, actually, I'm kind of surprised it took this long, but apparently uh, she had been bucking for it since the beginning of the show. Um, which, you know, kind of makes sense. You know, grown-ass woman well, going around. Considering she's not, well, I was going to say, considering she's not Kryptonian, so that anytime she takes a tumble, she's actually going to skin her knees. Um, Wait, she is Kryptonian. No, I mean, in real life, in the well, show. yeah, true, but... <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, there's only so much you can hide if, if you know... Right, uh, if you got to take a tumble, so... Yeah. Which, I don't know how much they do her, she does her stunts. But regardless, yeah. So, um... Well, even the stunt woman wouldn't be able to, you know what I mean? So. Well, that's, you know, at a certain point, but they usually cut away from that stuff. They're not leaving Starbucks cups like another show we could talk about um, that just ended. But regardless, like I said, yeah, there's a new costume uh, that is coming in season five, and it's a pantsuit, and it even, it says here, it even resembles uh, Superman's New 52 reboot costume. And Did they show it? Yeah, it's it's in the article. Uh, okay. But since uh, I thought I had... It shouldn't... My ad blocker's not blocking it, so I don't know why it's saying that. Because they're silly. Uh, I don't like this site that much anyway. So. Well, next, next up, up. Uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot has cast... Uh, speaking of Melissa Benoist, Supergirl's Melissa Benoist as Chronic. So she has been cast as the new Chronic. Yes, of black man and chronic fame. If you are of a certain vintage, so, yeah. Uh, what you call it? Um, just as a, as a quick aside, uh, Kevin Smith has been directing a bunch of these um, CW type shows. Yeah, so including he's uh, created Supergirl. a connection. Right, he's created a connection with uh, several of the stars of those CW um, DC shows. So no mm-hmm. surprise that he has created a connection with Melissa Benoist. In fact, uh, according to this article, it says uh, from him that. He mentioned that she is the first person outside of Jason Mewes and and her and his daughter that she she is the first person he asked to to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, that's how much of an impression. And, and uh, you can see a behind the scenes uh, picture of uh, Jason Mewes, Melissa Benoist, and and Kevin Smith, right from his Instagram right there. Um, wait. She's dating Chris Wood? Wait, oh, I don't care. Anyway, so apparently, yeah, and it's, it's saying here that um, there might be an uh, there might be an appearance by Chris Wood, who is also on Supergirl, who is apparently playing uh, who is plays plays uh, Monel on the show. Gotcha. And I think I guess according to this is his her actual boyfriend. So and they had, they were together. People magazine right here, folks. But yeah, anyway, no, right. don't care. Anyway. No, oh, I see stuff. the I see, I see the suit now. So yeah, so it's 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 kind of a full body suit for yes. um, Supergirl, uh, and as you mentioned, it is very reminiscent of the new Fifty Two Superman suit. So which that's and, fine, and it makes it easier for them to perform, you know, stunts in. So and it's not a surprise because it's been taken a lot from Superman. The, the show's been taken a good bit from Superman stories, and you know, tossing them in at at, at random. So not that big of a surprise. Um, next up. Uh, Oliver Queen's final season costume has been revealed. Speaking of costumes, so we get a picture of him, of of Ollie, aka um, what's this dude's name? Holy shit! How did I forget that fast? Um, Stephen Amell. Thank you, Jesus Christ. What's wrong with me? Um, 
in you see Potter suits, which kind of harkens back to some of his other old suits of the past eight years, apparently. Uh, actually, he looks kind of worried in that picture. I don't know why, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, so it's a weird thing about the season. Like, okay, yeah, he's going to be in season eight, but he's supposed to be leaving the show and uh, amongst with other people, but that's supposed to be the last season of the show. So I don't know what's going on. Regardless, there you go. Next. Okay. Zack Snyder has basically revealed Cyborg's entire Justice League art. So in a big what-if story, um, Victor Stone slash, slash Cyborg um, was made an integral part of the Justice League movie, but was actually uh, cast aside for the most part uh, during the edits for the movie. Um, because the film was originally slated to have at least two parts, uh, Ray Fisher basically said there was enough material for Cyborg to make an entire Justice League trilogy. And it was a, it was a character arc that made its way... Um, you know, across multiple films, so it's it's a uh, it's a shame that uh, it's a shame that uh, uh, the character was basically uh, you know left wanting as mm-hmm. a result of the cuts and the edits to the first Justice League. I was going to say sent to the scrap heap, but sure, that's um, fine. But yeah, I'm like obviously, you know, this kind of stuff comes out, you know, and you you want to ask, well, why is this coming out if it's not going to happen? Hey, because it tends to do that. Next up, um, Shway News, everybody. Batman Beyond is finally releasing on Blu-ray. So, there was so Batman Beyond fans rejoice. I love that music. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was on hit. Um, and I was, I was a little, I dare say aged out, but hell, you never age out of good stuff. Um, so yeah, there was a as a matter of fact, this news came out today during the Batman Beyond panel, and I believe Kevin Conroy and Rule Friedel, who played Bruce Wayne and, and um, Terry McGinnis respectively, was at that panel. And this is one of the news uh, bits that came out of it. Um, and I believe Batman Beyond is on. This, we were, actually, well, I should have checked it out. It's on it. DC Universe. Okay, thank you. That's what I was about to say. So yeah, I kind of figured it was. So you can check it out there, but nevertheless, it is going to be on Blu-ray, um, and it's going to come with some of the stuff you see in this picture, including a looks like a Batman Beyond pop and some other goodies. Right, because despite what you may think, there are plenty of collectors out there who want physical media. So. Yes, and I, I tend to, uh, depending on what it is. But it says here in this article, it says, unlike Batman animated series release, not every episode of the series has been remastered from its original 35 millimeter film footage. 41 of the 52 episodes have, but 11 specifically, and they name them all here, um, have been put through a process known as smart res, quote unquote, uh, from DigiBeta digital copies due to, according to a provided press release by the time-worn irreparable damage to the original film. Which is weird because I know, like I said, they went back and basically remastered uh, Batman TAS, and that was older than this show. Um, so you would think that was like tech by the time this show came on, which is, I guess, near the end of TAS or shortly after TAS. Um, that I guess you know they couldn't they couldn't quite recover. So that's kind of mm-hmm. sad. But regardless, hey, you get that, and it'll be out. Um, Oh, see, it's Batman Beyond swoops onto digital on demand, where it'll cost just 50 compared to the physical says on October 15th, before the limited edition box set hits short, uh, store shelves on October 29th. 9th. 
So look out for that, folks, Batman Beyond fans. Oh, it'll be a hundred bucks. Okay. For the for the limited edition. And oh, apparently the movie Return of the Joker um is also going to be in that set. First time on Blu-ray. Nice. And actually speaking of that. Next uh next thing. Oh yes. Speaking of <clears throat> Batman Beyond, at the panel at the at the twentieth anniversary panel for Batman Beyond at San Diego Comic Con just earlier today, basically. Um, old, it was revealed that old lady Catwoman would have been the villain of a second Batman Beyond movie. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had Return of the Joker done well, apparently, then uh, that would have happened, but it didn't. So, But in a positive, there was some insight into um, a great Justice League Unlimited uh, episode called Epilogue, which um, we found out a little bit more backstory on Batman Beyond, actually, from it. Um, which I guess that ties into what would have happened in this movie coming into, which if you haven't seen that episode is great. You should go check it out. Um, but spoiler alert, you, you find out that, Hey, Terry is Bruce Wayne's, uh, clone son, but it's still worth a watch. You should go definitely still go check it out. Uh, so yeah, that was the same panel as like the Batman Beyond uh, coming out on Blu-ray came out. So there's that. Next, and, and we and we and I also remember thinking that Amanda Waller's a psycho. But anyway, uh, hey, look, <laughs> you know, I was like, really? That's what your plan is? My goodness. Okay. Was she a psycho, or was she looking out for the the for the national for national affairs? You be psycho! the judge. Okay. Well, some would say that about Nick Fury, though. So. <laughs> The, the list they would go through to, to keep yeah. I was about to say I don't think he's done that. Just no, oh. he hasn't quite gone as far as Amanda Waller. Oh, I don't know. OG Nick has done some things. But. Oh, sure, but you know that's pretty. I was about to say this one's pretty twisted. When I remember, when I remember seeing that, I was like, oh wow, that's pretty twisted. Oh, it is a bridge too far. I'm not, I'm not yeah. disputing that, but I'm like, well, you know what? Especially in that universe, I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's that's. I'm I'm not surprised. Hell, this is the same universe where they cloned Superman. You know, to to to, to have a contingency planned against him, so right. not that in a you know not that big of a stretch. Anyway, um, Marvel Zombies inspired spoiler scene in New High Res uh, Spider Man Far From Home images. Right. So spoiler alert because we are <laughs> not that far out. No, yeah, we're still not. It's, it's 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 two weeks, but still. I mean, usually two two weeks is yeah. That's kind of the tipping point. Yeah, two weeks, but we're still ringing the spoiler bell. Which is I I I I saw I remember the scene in question before we get into it and I was like I thought that for a brief second but I also didn't think that because I was like okay sure but I can't see how Marvel Zombies would have influenced that just by proxy. So what we're talking about is um uh, there was a scene where basically Mysterio was taking Spidey aka Peter through a uh, illusionary hell. And, and basically making them think that uh, he failed Tony Stark and the city. And uh, in one of the scenes, we see a corpse of uh, one Tony Stark rise from the grave and come after Peter. It was a well done scene, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess from that, either someone saying that or this article is speculating that uh, Marvel Zombies, the, the book where that we have talked about probably. A, 
you know, a, a couple times in the past recently. Um, oh, apparently, yeah, so it says, that terrifying shot, which took many MCU fans by surprise, is homage to Marvel Zombies comic series created by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead. If you did not know that by now, I don't know where you've been. Um, uh, and yes, that and Marvel Zombies is coming back, uh, as we talked about last week. But it doesn't say. Let me see. Yeah, it doesn't really say whether that's actually the case or whether this whether this article um, is speculating that's the case. Because not saying like, hey, the the writers of the thing are, are saying that, or someone in the VX room is saying that, or something. It's just saying that hey, that's the case, and we don't have any. Uh, I don't know if that's an official thing or not. But regardless, sure, I guess you can make that stress, but what I um next up. Uh let's see. The Spider-Man Far From Home writers in an interview revealed why Mysterio was the ideal foe. So there's an interview up on CBR where uh, the the two writers describe why uh, Mysterio was the ideal foe. I would argue it's because we haven't used them before. <laughs> That's also a, a pretty big stress for uh, these new, this new slate of, of uh, Marvel Spider Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, because yeah, we have seen his other big bats, his his other bigger bats before. So the only people who was left, Chameleon. I'm sure they could have done that. But, There's still plenty, and actually, probably still could do. You know, There's still to... plenty for him to. Get yeah, to. plenty, but plenty of big ones. Like, what are they going to get? Puma? Actually, Puma wasn't really a bad guy, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Well, they are. They're, they're, what it is? Pace Pot Pete. Obviously. So no, I was going to say, obviously, we're talking with, uh, with views of, and I'm not sure why you're laughing at this, because there are some really good ones. Um, Pace Pot Pete? No, that's not what I'm talking about, but he was also among the, uh, the Frightful Four. You know, we're talking about ones that are integral to um, his relationship with... Uh, um, I mean, they're basically doing Sinister Six. We, we know that. Exactly. Yeah. With, uh, with uh, J. Jonah Jameson as well. So. Sure. You know, we haven't fully seen the Scorpion yet. You know, even though we've been teased it, things True. like that. Right, but but yeah, but and we've seen Doc Ock before. We've seen Vulture now. Uh, well, actually, wait, have we seen Vulture before? We still yeah. haven't seen the Jackal. We yeah. still haven't seen right. There's still there's still a number of you know, and, mm. and, and the reason why there's there's a reason why Spidey's uh, uh, Rose Gallery is still numbered among one of the top you know one or two. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying he doesn't have a deep bench, yeah. but at a certain point, like after you get past the Sinister Six, it kind of does a decline, kind of. Well, we, Formidable, yeah. yes, but still. Like, what you gonna yeah. the spot? I mean, we're dealing with the. We're de- what I was gonna say is we're we're obviously not dealing with the uh, the elephant in the room, which is that Sony has taken Venom and maybe taken Carnage, and those would have been well, characters yes. we would have seen in uh, Marvel Spider-Man. But in any event, we can move on to the next. Uh, the next story, Prowler. Uh, well, because actually, that, there's actually a possible. It's already come up. I was about to say he's yeah. actually already come up. Uh, fans, dang it, this is that same. Story. I got to stop using these people. Um, fans spots Mysterio's hidden appearance. Um, yes, fan spot Mysterio's hidden appearance in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Now, yes, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, he's all up and through it once once it gets uh, when, in, in, from the beginning of the movie. Once we see him with Nick and uh, Marie Hill, no. And apparently, this might be something somebody not saying, you know, uh, someone that you may follow. Um, so, a person named on Twitter named Task uh, 
was it task from home? I can't remember. I think I have it in here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, up to task on Twitter, basically made an observation where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal shows up uh, after when Peter arrives in Venice in plain clothes or in vacation clothes, as per se. So basically, you find out if that being the case, which has been confirmed because there's a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal in the same clothes and a behind-the-scenes thing, that um, Mysterio's been keeping an eye on Peter for longer than we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, early on in the movie, but it was kind of a—I guess it was a, a blinking you miss notice. Um, and being that far from home is not on video net yet. I'm not sure how he saw this unless it's in the trailer, or somebody was busy taking stills in the <laughs> in the movie theater. But regardless, um, so yeah, this this dude um, found that out, and yeah, that that led to the thing. So that was a good eye from 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 that person. All right, next up, uh, Sam Raimi responded to that Far From Home cameo. Uh, uh, I'll ring the spoiler bell again. I'm not going to discuss it, but only just say that uh, this is a character that has now technically appeared in both. So he apparently gave his blessings uh, to it. Yeah, he yeah. Basically, the, the longer short of us was like he didn't know anything about it until uh, the the person in the cameo told him that it was in there, and and I think he still at the time of him being interviewed hadn't seen the movie, but like I said, that's how he found out. So he and he was cool with it. Like, what was he gonna say? Oh, he should have done that. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, that's that's a thing that happened. Uh, next up, Captain Marvel's Lashana Lynch is 007 in James Bond 25. This is a report. There's no truth to this at, at all at this point. We should stress that. And there's also a twist to the story. So Yes, there usually is. Um, so basically, yeah, so the, the, the UK's Daily Mail, which I think is a gospel record, I don't know, is reporting that Lashana Lynch... Uh, um, We'll play 007 in the next currently produced 25, uh, the 25th James Bond film. Although she won't be playing James Bond, which makes sense, more sense to me. So, and then I will take it aside and say a lot of people on Twitter would, including myself, wouldn't have a problem with this. Because I know a lot of people were trying to trying to say either Idris Elba or somebody could be the next Bond if, uh, you know, Daniel Craig doesn't want it. And I think there was a side thing where Idris Elba was doing a promo thing for um, for Hobbs and Shaw and say basically he wasn't going to mention because I think they might have had a line in that movie saying that he's a James Bond type character mm-hmm. and or calling himself the James Bond type character and he said he wasn't going to do that line out of respect. That aside, but anyway, so yeah, um, so yeah, so due to some whatever, it's not necessarily the case that she's going to actually be James Bond in this movie. And I had no reason to believe that they were actually going to do this um, because, well, just for good re- good reason. Because I feel like so in the last movie, you know, uh, Daniel Craig, there was there ended up being a new Money Penny who started out as an agent. Uh, and I felt like, well, okay, that was a kind of a, a, um, a, a roundabout thing. And I, and I wouldn't have been surprised if they did something like, oh, yeah, she starts out in the agent. And then something happens to the old money penny, who I believe is slated to be back for 
for this one, and then she Lashana Lynch ends up being Wendy Pennelly or something. So some kind of swerve, you know, would have made that not true. You know, would have made what this is reporting not true. Because I, I seriously doubt they would have just done something like that, even as much as myself and people would want something like that. You know, because and using stupid, outdated tropes is the same. Well, what Bond can't be a woman, and just that other. But we, we'll go past that because Trevor. No, I was gonna say Trevor Noah has a funny joke about. It. Yeah, but um, uh, which 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 unfortunately made so much logical sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you know the joke you're talking about, or can look it up. Yeah. Up next, next up. up. Uh, Avengers Endgame directors are going on tour for some reason, kicking off at SDC. They've already revealed it. It's a thank you tour. Right. Um, you know, and they're giving away cool stuff to people uh, everywhere but New York, apparently. Hmm. Um, I don't need it. You know? <laughs> so, you know, special fan events around, you know, um, around the country, kicking off in San Diego. So it's a, uh, was it Thank You 3000, I think it's called? Yeah. Which, so. sure, do that thing. So that's cool. Um, you know, not necessary, but it's, it's a cool thing. But hey, if it, if it helps the movie get past Avatar, do uh, it. I do believe, it because I believe, I'm petty. I believe they said that's not going to happen. Petty. It's close. It's only $6 million down. Yeah, but I think it's it's still not going to do it from, from last reports. Um, it's going to be close. Come on! Eh, I, I don't care one way or the other. Still going, People don't need to go Lion King for the umpteenth time. Uh, well, somebody will. That's that's a whole other sad story. Mark Ruffalo wins Comic Con with throwback photo of his Marvel co-star sleeping. So that the adorable man playing Bruce Banner uh, once again wins the internet, or at least that's the, the that's the, the thing they say. Um. By posting something amusing, and you can see the picture. Excuse me, here if you're watching the video uh, where he tweeted out, "Remember to get plenty of sleep before you arrive at SDCC, SDCC, like my friends from work did in 2017." Hashtag TBT. So, and you see a picture of uh, him, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Taika Waititi, and I don't know who is who is that other person. I can't really tell. Is that Hiddleston? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't tell right right off the bat. But yeah, so all three of them sleeping um, <laughs> on one couch or, or one futon in, in in an amazing way, which I remember sleeping like that when I was little, and that's not it's not always comfortable. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it was a cute picture. There you go. In big, I was about to say, in big related news, yes. in advance of San Diego Comic-Con, it was announced that Thor 4, the fourth Thor movie, is <laughs> now in the works. And That's Marvel's bringing it. back Ragnarok's Taika Waititi to write and direct the movie. Yes. And also, he's also uh, a back-burnering the Akira. Yes, I was about to say, it, is well. at a, is, it is as a cost, which is no great loss personally, but it is at a loss of him being able to do the Akira film, which we didn't need a live action Akira film. Let's be honest. I mean, it's going to put that, you know, it's even with him by the helm more into even more uh, of uh, development limbo. No, I think, as, I think uh, it's as indefinitely forward with, as he goes forward with Thor four. Yeah. I think that's it is indefinitely out of the, uh, out of the question, but we, yeah, who's to say can't, 
get back in some kind of way. But so yeah, the good news for for Thor fans, Thor Ragnarok fans specifically, because um, that movie was great. Taika Waititi is you know pretty dope. What he does, um, probably more Korg. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's the thing that happened. I I, I kind of want there be to the H four R to be the the the, the, the titling, but I know they're not going to do that. What I would really love is them to do a Thorcore movie, but that's not going to happen either, probably. Because I can't mm-hmm. imagine what else they're going to do. As well, actually, I know we know what they're going to do thanks to World of Realms, but that's a whole new thing entirely. Next up, uh, Disney Plus adds another Marvel nonfiction series, Marvel Storyboards. Um, and I had another article after that, but I don't know what I did with it, which really doesn't do any good now. So basically, episodes of Marvel Storyboards will be between 10 to 15 minutes long. Uh, the initial slate of episodes will include uh, interviews with between Joe Quesada uh, and subjects such as actor Hugh Jackman, Frozen composer Lo- Robert Lopez, Teen Vogue editor, uh, executive editor... Um, um, I'm not going to pronounce the name. My apologies. And Olympic figure skater Johnny Weir. Um, Casada likened the series to Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, so we go on locations, but instead of food, or quote, quote unquote, from um, from Casada, we go on locations, but instead of food or culture being in the focus, the focus is the guest, the, the way they tell stories, and their stories. So yeah, that joins the slate of um, of Disney Plus stuff that is coming November twelfth. Next, alrighty, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield is set to end after season seven on ABC. So Jeff Loeb has come out and uh, announced this, and now they uh, they're dealing with the last thirteen episodes of this uh, of these, uh, of the show. Yeah, I need to catch up with that. I'm like, three I'm just gonna end up binging it because I don't feel like jumping on now. I think I missed the most of season six. So. Um, I believe I'm still at the end of season four. Uh, but yeah, I've been seeing things here and there because of news stuff, and it's like, yeah, there's some things that happened. <laughs> some yeah. Things things went down apparently. Um, anywho. So that's that. Uh, you know, hey, five, five, I've said it before, five years is a good run, seven years, that's pushing it, but that's still good. So, um, other news out of San Diego Stanley is a kid again uh, in The Amazing Stan. So, uh, apparently, um, this is a going to be an animated show done by um, POW Entertainment, which. We have talked about before. Stanley has had dealings favorable and not so favorable with them uh, before his passing, uh, which is, which is um, kind of dubious, but that's me editorializing. Anywho, um, the Amazing Stan revealed a post humor, uh, post posthumous project which envisions our world today through a young Lee's eyes, as if he were a kid in 2019, which. I can't imagine how they would pull that off properly because he was nowhere near a kid in 2019. Anyway, um, the the Amazing Stan is a combined effort from Pure Imagination Studios and Lee's, as I said, Power Entertainment. So, and uh, when is that coming out? At some point. And there was a statement from someone from Power. I won't read it, but you can go check it out. 
All right, next up, uh, the Kingsman trailer shows the birth of the Kingsman and a sword fighting Rasputin. Yeah, speaking of Rasputin, he'll be coming up later trailer. on in the news. Right. Yes, oh, and this new Kingsman is a prequel to the whole series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and um, the dude that plays Exy, um, Taron Egerton, is supposed to be in it some kind of way. So, go figure. And Ray Fiennes. And uh, some kid named somebody named Harris Dickinson, which I guess he's going to be the first, the first actual Kingsman. So, here you go. That's the thing. It's coming. Uh, Terminator: Dark Fate brings Edward Furlong back as John Connor. <laughs> so, and I know a, a someone that I know is very, very excited for this for reasons that you can. You mean Edward Furlong's agent? Well, oh no! <laughs> I'm sure it will far along, and well, but I'm speaking of uh, someone of a per- female persuasion. But yes, I'm sure his agent was definitely ecstatic. Um, so yes, so this is also leading credence to what we've said before. You know, they're basically every every movie past two is getting the uh, getting the shovel <laughs> continuity wise, I guess. So. I don't know. Are you are you are you curious about this Terminator movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got some names behind it. Like obviously, the, all of the the the, the quote unquote originals are back, and you know, you got Gabriel Lunar playing a playing a um, playing a playing a um, Terminator. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to myself rush out. Sure. I, you know, what's funny is that you know before we move on uh, to comic book news. Uh, I don't, you know, it's funny that uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier about how streaming has really changed um, our attitudes towards what we see in the movie theaters, and you know, more so than even cable and on-demand stuff. Um, I think that uh, there there are movies that you're you're willing to wait for. Hmm. There are movies that you're willing to go to the movies for. Right away, no matter no matter what anybody says, um, there are movies that you're willing to um, call up, you know, numerous friends and, and, and put together a group to go watch. Mm. And there's movies that you go watch no matter who, you know, uh, despite people not wanting to go see it, you go on your own. This right. is one of those movies where I'm not sure where it falls just yet. It may end up being one of those movies that no one else wants to see and I may just go on my own on like a matinee and just catch it. Just to see it on the big screen. I feel so, like I, I agree with you there, but I feel like that has been a thing even before. You know what we have going on now It's just a matter of like it's about how much time you're willing to wait. That's all. Well, there is that, yeah, because we had, used to have to wait a longer time before stuff right. got out to to home use than we do now. But right, and also how you get it as well, because um, back then um, you know you had to wait until it got to you know your local blockbuster. Oh my God, rest in peace, blockbuster. Except and, for that one, <laughs> you know exactly, and um, uh, you know, and that was that was a, that was a certain amount of waiting period. But even then, you know, you had to wait till maybe it hit you know, one of the pay TV channels, right? Yeah, and it was, and it's a longer time. So folks don't really know it was a longer time than what it is now. The before it got to like, a pay TV channel, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but but now it gets the streaming, you know, uh, pretty quick. You know, it gets the on demand streaming first, so you can rent it. And then it gets to, you know, regular streaming where, you know, it's part of a service. 
Right. We used to have to wait whole years, and now it's like four to six, four months. Less. Like four, yeah, four, yeah, four months is pretty much the the, the, the minimum at this point, depending right. on the movie. So, but hey, it is what it is. Right. Um, that's one of the reasons I was going to say that's, you know, before we move on to comic books, that's one of the reasons why I understand your, uh, um, and, and, and not just your, but, um, but, but, uh, but the, the doubts that you have that uh, Endgame would pass um, Avatar, it's gotta because I'm petty. But um, <laughs> because the whole the home video release is in less than a month, mm-hmm. you know um, the, the the physical home release. Because I think that's what a lot of people are waiting for. The streaming release is uh, in even is even sooner. So that is probably going to put any sort of dent into whatever uh, want to see when they when they, you know if they want to go to see Endgame in the theaters one last time. So right. that's really the biggest. And, and um, that, for me, it just came for, that was an article I saw like probably a few days ago that said it was, yeah, would, oh, this is probably after the last show, it was like, yeah, it's not going to do it. It's probably Yeah, they're do still it. down like five point something million. They need one strong weekend. But as I was joking about before, just don't go to see The Lion King right away. Which again, like, it's all going to the same place. So at, at a certain point, it don't matter. <laughs> In but, that case, it's going to the certain place, the same place. <laughs> but you know, I'm all about you know knocking Avatar out of the spot. So. That's the way Avatar. But the same people who own. That's why we had this conversation before. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let us move on to the comic book. I'm like Avatar hoodwinked so many people <laughs> with the kitties and the 3D. That's what. All right. Um, all right. You're, you're traumatized. So I get it. It was yes. So mad about. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a whole treasury edition about how like Avatar, you know, just just completely, you know, like no one's asking for sequels to Avatar. I agree with you there. I'm I, right here, I'm on my soapbox at this point. So, oh sure, but when I do it, all right. I mean, anyway, <laughs> well, I'm just ranting about how nobody needs Avatar. This is nothing I, that I, uh, I, I, this I, is I, nothing I, that uh, I'm in complete agreement nothing. with you. This is nothing but fan, but uh, but but uh, what you call it, fame backlash. It's like, Trust come on, me. people! I went to see that stupid thing once. I was pretty good with it once. I still never seen it out. Um, the whole thing. And everyone, oh, my sister dragged me to go see it because of uh, the 3D. Oh well, that's, that's another thing. Word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth was a thing. It was like, well, this is a this is one of the best renditions of a movie in 3D you'll ever see. Wow. And to that point, I agreed. But then I realized. You know, I think that's uh, part of the reason why I didn't see fact, it either. Right after the fact that uh, 3D is not that big a deal anymore. Well, yeah, but it was then. But still, I, the parts I have seen in that movie, I still don't get it. But at the same time, I didn't watch it in "quote unquote" optimal conditions, right. as what people will say. I don't care. Regardless, let's move on. Uh, comic book news. <laughs> <laughs> um. And this was hinted at, well, this might have been a behind-the-scenes thing, or actually we might have talked about it or hinted at it last week. Uh, DC's, Naomi, DC's teen superhero's last name honors a late creator. I know we brought this up even not on on uh, the show than behind-the-scenes uh, because there was this article that came out that said that um, the Naomi was named after uh, Dwayne McDuffie in some part. So and yes, yeah, so it says here um, the the creative team has finally revealed her her full name, which is Naomi Naomi McDuffie, which like I said, named after uh, Dwayne McDuffie. It's a nice homage. Yes, it is. 
you know, and, and continuously missed. I think, um, when is it? It was the anniversary of his passing recently or something. Say again? I said it might have been the anniversary of his passing recently. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know I've seen, I know I've seen people saying things on the Twitters, but I don't know if that was the case or just, just remembering and whatnot. But regardless, that's a cool homage. Um, and I should read that book. I, I have it on deck to read that soon. Next. All right, next up, uh, the Batman classic 1966 TV series contained as part of the story a Shakespeare head bust that you could uh, <laughs> flip to open the uh, the entrance to the Batcave. And now you can have a bank, you know, that that, uh, that you can uh, save your spare change in that is shaped in that, in, you know, in that shape. I feel like there's been enough people to, to have seen Batman 66 to know this, but that was a good, that was, that, that was, that was good because you're right. There probably are some people. So yeah. So if you have a, a fireman's pole handy and um, a fireplace and this bust, you can live out your Batman fantasies. What's funny is that uh, before we move on to the next story, that I think in several versions of the movie and uh, several versions of Batman in movies and in animated form, They've had the entrance to the Batcave uh, activated by piano keys. Yes. And I'm not 100% sure why they never incorporated the Shakespeare bust because they wanted to distance themselves from the I camp. think that's probably what it is, yeah. But I always thought this was a, just a great little, you know, who would have thought that they could, you know, lift up a head of a bust to uh, activate something. So <laughs> that's all. That's all, I, you know, like it. I understand oh, I, that it's even more well hidden if you have to play it. You know, I mean, either way, it's like okay, you're on the piano, but like, still, a, like okay, you have a secret passageway in your in your stately mansion that you have to activate some kind of way that with a pole that you have to go down to the or some kind of stairs or something to get down there. That even in itself is some sort of camp, regardless. Um, but nevertheless, here we are. Next up, uh, the Seven Jokers. Inside everything DC Comics got planned for the Clown Prince of of Crime. That is including that movie that didn't need to come out. Um, so so yeah, this is an article that's talking about the upcoming projects that are Joker uh, aligned, related, whatever, and that includes Detective Comics one thousand eight, Batman Curse of the White Knight, which is the uh, sequel to uh, Batman White Knight, which is great. You should read that. Um, Harleen, which is a DC Black Label series that focuses on the Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, excuse me. Um, there's another book called Joker, Harley Quinn, Criminal Insanity, written by uh, Cami Garcia. Which why did that name sound me from? I think that's a prose book. I'm not. Oh no, DC Black Label Limited series. Uh, and of Joker Killer Smile. Uh, which is another book. And skipping ahead because there's another one called The Three Jokers. Which I guess that was the thing that did that come up, came up in the books, right? The three Jokers, yeah, yeah. Which have they even gone back to that? It's still in the works. Like, believe it or not, believe it or not, I, I ran into it was last year already. Last year, the last year's terrific con, I ran into Jason Fabok, mm-hmm. and um, he was already putting. You know, he he had um, promotional artwork <laughs> for uh, Three Jokers, but. They, you know, they still haven't gotten to it yet. I don't know what's going on with that particular project. Yeah, because I feel like I remember we talked about it like a couple of years ago when it got brought up, and then hadn't really heard that much from it. Right, like I said, promo art is a year old, <laughs> and 
they still haven't done anything with it, so we'll see. But you know, as as, as I like to joke, um, Doomsday Clock may not come out uh, before the end of this year, so um, that may have a lot to do with what's on hold at DC. Yeah, maybe. I saw somebody reading Doomsday Clock um, recently on Twitter that I follow, and I um, wanted to tweet him out. I was like, like, you got time. You don't really have to do that. <laughs> but I didn't, so. There is no rush. Yeah. Um, when, they, when they solicit the trade, that's when, <laughs> that's when you can go. Finish yeah, it. even if you're, if you're interested then. But the last um, title, which was interesting to most, is a John Carpenter written book called Joker, Year of the Villain Number One. John Carpenter. Yes, that John Carpenter of Big Trouble in Little China and many other movies fame is writing um oh yeah and Halloween, whatever they live, all that other stuff, whatever. <laughs> uh Joker Year of the Villain it's Number just a One. Side project. Yeah, just a little you know Big Trouble in Little China, that is the main one. You know. Um but anyway, so it's a one shot um as you you might expect from the title deals with the Joker during Year of the Villain. So, right, which is an ongoing long form story. For <sighs> yes, right some of which we have we've talked about earlier. That is, you know, doing whatever. Uh, next up, alrighty, uh, DC Comics announced Scott Snyder's next Batman project, which is uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse: Batman Nightfall Number One. First in a series of one shots set in an alternate universe, and I'm out. <laughs> that, that 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 does it for you, huh? That's, yeah. That, that, yeah. Because yeah. I don't care. Did you read Nightfall? I did, but it's Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't imagine how much of that. I don't think I've ever read Dark the Nightfall, but I know what I think I may. Have. I read most of Nightfall. So. Yeah, so yeah, so that's the thing that's happening. I had friends. This, this this came out my senior year of college. No, no, senior year of high school. I was about to say, and, yeah. No, no, that's no, that's yeah, that's no. Because what I was going to say is senior high, senior year of high school. On my way to college, I think mm. I'm still coming out. And I had a friend, uh, a couple of friends who were uh, collecting um, Nightfall. One of which was at Matt Wang ninety seven. He was lending me copies to read. So, of, course. of course, it's always Matt. It goes back. I was about to say we go back a long ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure. I don't know. Matt may or may or may not be excited about it. We'll find out. Um, yeah, he's there right now, San Diego. Yes, he is. That's why I said we'll try to try to get yes. him on next week uh, if we can. Because I know he's a busy, busy man. Uh, DC returns to the Mark Multiverse, Dark Multiverse. Speaking of, for a new Death of Superman story. Um. Hey, guess what, folks? It's another tale from the dark multiverse, <laughs> and this one being the death of Superman, which is also a one shot. Um, yeah. So the, 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 that's the thing that's gonna happen, folks. And there's probably a few dozen more that's gonna happen out of this. In fact, right. I don't know. Let's see. I think. Wait, did. I didn't check. That, uh, that might be from October solicits. I'm not sure because I think those were might have been the only ones that didn't that we didn't. Yeah, I was about to say the October solicits are they out yet? They They're are out because we talked about. I know I mentioned it like last week, but I didn't see DC or Marvels. Yeah, I, I don't remember. think they put up full solicits yet. Yeah, so I think, but everybody, but a bunch of other people did. So like I said, they're, they're usually one or the other kind of holding off. So and I meant right. since San Diego's going on, it'll if it's not out by now, it'll they'll be. 
popping up soon. Yeah, anyway. Actually, yeah, next up, uh, Hellblazers is rejoining the Sandman universe with a new ongoing. So John Constantine is going to rejoin DC Sandman universe titles, first with a one-shot, then an ongoing series. Uh, end of October, October 30th, near the end of October, the Sandman universe presents Hellblazer number one, uh, written by Simon Spurrier and artist Marcio Takara, will induct the character into the uh, Neil Gaiman curated titles, followed by an ongoing okay. in November. Yeah, which I thought he there was an ongoing. I thought Hellblazer was actually going on right now, unless they killed that title. But then, not that I was reading it, but I know there was a recent, there was a fairly recent Hellblazer title as of as recent as last year. But anyway. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I know someone would probably be happy about that. Uh, young Animals Collapser explores mental health in a black hole. So, yeah, Young Animals still around for some reason. Um, and, uh, let's see. Mikey Way, I, I'm assuming some kin to uh, Gerard Way, and Sean Simon debut the new six-issue series Collapser. Uh, the two started talking about co-writing when Way was a part of the band My Chemical... Oh, yeah. Yep, there we go. Uh, My Chemical Romance with his brother Gerard, who, who is, owns My uh, Young Animal imprint, which, yeah. Anyway, um, the new series, which fe- features art by Ilias Kiriazis, follows a wannabe DJ who struggles with anxiety, but gets a package in the mail containing a black hole that imbues him with amazing powers, which weirdly sounds like a um, new universe book for some strange reason. Um, and this is a story talking with them and all that. So all you have to do is be the brother of an art, well, be an artist or a brother of an artist, and you can get into comics. Yay! Mm. Anywho, next up. Next up. Oh, this uh, is good news. Teen Titans Raven is heading to a second printing. So following rave reviews and a chart-topping debut. Tommy Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo's original graphic novel, Teen Titans Raven, will receive a second printing. Good for them. Yes. So uh, this is, I think, this is where I remember the name Tommy Garcia from. But also Gabriel Piccolo, whom um, I don't know if he's he was, not a Dragon Ball character. He is not the Dragon Ball character, correct? But his art—if you've seen his art on Instagram um, a while ago—I think a lot of people kind of got onto him. And I don't think he was in the the business yet. Uh, but he was doing art for like the Teen Titans and stuff um, on his Instagram page, and it was great stuff. And I think that may or may not be why he why he got this gig. And I think he was also doing some Archie stuff stuff. But his if you ever get a chance to check out his page, you should because his his art is awesome. Um, some of which you can see right there. So anyway, next up, um, Lex Luthor achieves. So we kind of talked about this, but or at least hinted around it. Um, Lex Luthor achieves his final form Dragon Ball, another Dragon Ball reference uh, at the cost of a Justice Leaguer's life so this is a spoiler for this week's Justice League in which um, uh, Luthor takes out one of the league um, the head of the league I guess, I didn't know which I didn't recognize, I don't remember that. I didn't want to spoil it yeah, well that's all I'm going to say but if you know who's chairing the, the, the um, oops I scroll down a little bit more, you probably saw it. But uh, yeah, so that's the thing that happened. 
some some in Liga may or may not be alive as of this issue. Hmm. But we will see. Uh, next up. All right, Black Adam takes on the spoiler who laughs. Well, who the hell laughs? In DC, who who, who else laughs? In so I, I, so I had that same thought bef- when I read this. Well, before I read this, I'm like, wait, wait, there's only one category. The butt is not the one you're thinking about. Uh... Because Black Adam is going to be facing off with um, uh, Shazam, who was infected by the Batman who laughs and becomes the Shazam who laughs or Black Shazam or something like that. Whatever. So Black Adam, you're the villain number one, written by Paul Jenkins and, and, and Aki Miranda. Takes yeah, takes the Shazam who laughs to Kandak, the home of Black Adam, where he tends to turn the country into his new playground. So, yeah, there you go. And there's a picture of which I'm assuming to be the, the cover of said issue. Okay. Next up. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, this is you. Uh, is it? Oh, I just, okay, yeah. Tom King on Batman, Mr. Miracle, and more. So Tom King um, today at San Diego uh, was on a panel, I guess, to discuss his journey to um, Eisner Award-winning comic writer, and he was accompanied by his Mr. Miracle collaborator, Mitch Gerards. They talked about a bunch of stuff, including the reception of uh, Heroes in Crisis, um, uh, City of Bane, and other uh, uh, other thing. So he basically was like, yeah, people hate it. <laughs> he quoted here, said, people fucking hated it so much. I've never written something, talking about Heroes in Crisis, uh, never written something someone hated so much. But I loved it. I think I got the message I wanted to get across. I think... Killing Wally, it was a tough hill for people to climb. And Jordan Gerard uh, chimes in and was like, it all made sense when bad things happened. You know, they, they, they talked about it and, you know. So, mm-hmm. it's like, like, Tom King's a good writer. So, you know, so he's he's had some, he's had a couple of great successes and then he gets panned for others, you know, for some of other stuff, which sadly happens. Yep. Um, you know, and it's not enough to, to warrant death threats on stupid mm-hmm. ass people. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's stupid. Next up, uh, DC's Dan DiDio addresses the retirement of the Vertigo imprint. So, as we spoke about last week, DC is retiring the Vertigo imprint and they are consolidating several titles on, from various uh, DC imprints under. Uh, what's supposed to be a more streamlined uh, list of imprints. So that's roughly what they, right. you know, what this is all about. Except uh, Young Animal, I believe, is not one of them, strangely enough, I don't believe. But that's still, that whole situation still is weird to me. Uh, everything we know about the Ultimate Universe's return to Marvel. Um. So yeah, the um, so yeah, the Marvel Universe is has been dead in the water for a few years from that for, for, for ago um, was killed off in secret wars, but uh, now it's poised to come back. We've already talked about, you know, um, uh, that miles Morales is, you know, that in the pages of miles Morales in issue 10, I believe it's going to make his appearance back. And then there's also been uh, reports that, um, um, uh, Donny Cates is going to head up 
a new version of the ultimate universe, which doesn't make that much sense to me. Um, but given, given, you know, what happened, like you kill off a universe and then granted the, the the person who was heading over the unit, heading, heading the universe, you know, since has gone to another company, uh, and the universe itself has been folded into the prime universe, and now some case, some kind of some way it's going to come back. I'm kind of really hoping that they don't say, "Well, since this is, since the ultimate universe is back, we're going to put Miles back over there." I doubt that highly. Mm, Marvel has done stranger things before. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, uh, but I would not put it past them. So, but again, we don't know what it all entails. But this article is uh, exploring suggestions as to what that could entail. I think it's a speculation piece based on, you know, what little we know of right now, including what's going on in miles right now, I guess. So, right. So I'm just apologizing right now. I'm doing something San Diego comic con related. Um, pre pre orders, pre orders for the 80th anniversary. Marvel legends have hit tonight. And, um, the, uh, <laughs> One the one Walmart exclusive Captain America that I was annoyed that I couldn't pre order tonight just hit pre order so I just pre ordered it so I had to step away ladies and gentlemen oh that was the one that Matt was supposed to get you but no 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 oh okay that's a that, that's an exclusive for the for San Diego sure this is this is just a stupid Walmart exclusive and I hate Walmart <laughs> still, I still haven't gotten the the worthy cap Marvel Legends but I just ordered the uh, the, what you call it, the 80th anniversary cap. Sure. So, there may be another figure you may or may not want, but uh, that we will talk about in, the, in a minute or two, but it's tied to something you may or may not also want. Uh, that being said, let us move on to the next thing. Like I don't know if you had anything on that, that ultimate universe uh, situation. No. Okay. So, All right. Next up. Um, it, uh, what's kind of old news. Um, yeah, I was about to say, we talked about this. Um, we did. There was a reason why I put this in here, though, but I'm not sure why. Oh, yeah, that's why. Oh, because of Spidey 2099? Right, because okay. we didn't actually talk about that part. Right, well, we, we, we didn't spoil it. So well, yeah. We, we, just mentioned it, we mentioned it in, in the abstract, so I just spoiled it. Eh. Spidey 2099, Miguel O'Hara has crashed back into um, the, the, the current timeline of the Marvel Universe. But again, I thought he was already here. He went back at the end of that series, the Will Sliney series with Peter David. Oh, okay. Right. Which makes sense because I wasn't reading that. So, all right. Mm-hmm. But now he's back again. Weird. Next up, um, Immortal Hulk number 25. Shout out to Tim, uh, by the way, because he's like I said, writing some of his news. Not, and I'm not getting it because of him, but it just so happens to be on a on, on number of the stuff that we uh, Immortal Hulk number 25 lands double-sized end of the universe issue. So, um, this issue that is coming up because we are on 21 right now. Um, so it's going to be a double-sized issue that will jump a billion years into the future of the Marvel universe, or at least what's left of it, according to this article. And apparently, um, um, there, there, there may be rumblings of the Hulk's actual death, which, as we know from the Immortal Hulk, is a near impossibility. But apparently, this 
issue may uh, may address that. And uh, something else that was actually um, alluded to in the letters page um, of this week's issue, um, something called The Ninth Cosmos Will Cower Before the Breaker of Worlds, which is another of the titles that the Hulk has gone by over the years. It's because there was a fan speculation of whether the, the Breaker of Worlds would return to the book in some sort of way and fashion. And Al Ewing kind of addressed that in the letters page. Okay. Or, or, or at least mentioned something he didn't exactly say. You know, so th- that could be possibly uh, an allusion to this. Uh, so yeah, that is coming. Um, it is, and I, when I first read this, I was like, "Wait, is this the end of the actual uh, book?" No, it just happens to be a double sized issue with, you know, where wherever the, wherever it's going to go after that. I don't know, but we'll see when we get there. I guess we're almost there, which is really exciting. Pretty much, yep. Next, it's up. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad you got this one. Yeah, because this is stupid. So yes, it is. Idiots, so some idiots in our supposed law enforcement. Uh, have asked, you know, a, a union has asked officers to post the Punisher logo and, and Twitter has clapped back. So this has been an ongoing thing, especially, um, you know, after, uh, you know, the idiot American sniper um, ran around with um, the Punisher logo, um, you know, and, and tried to make that a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forgetting that uh, Frank Castle is a vigilante. Yes. And, and a murder, uh, mass murderer. And yeah. You know he's a, uh, you know he he's a vigilante in the in the classic sense of the word, mm-hmm. you know, um, where he literally is judge, jury, and executioner. Yes, you know? not necessarily you know not necessarily the guy that um, ties up people for the cops to uh, to pick up. Yeah, I was you know what I mean? illusion, but it would have been a terrible one. Um... Right. So back. So 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 ultimately, Twitter is um, taking these idiots on. Yes, and again, yes, if you've said, well, we, we've heard this before. Yes, you have. Even so far as, say, John Berenthal, who plays the, the most recent iteration of The Punisher, said, this is stupid, don't do this. And, you know, if I'm paraphrasing, but basically, said, you know, that's that's the thing. So, you're, yeah, the people who were tasked to serve and protect you should not be going along with this logo on anywhere near them. But stupidity reigns supreme nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Yeah, my orders in. My orders in. But I still can't get a freaking worthy Captain America. Well, that is just gonna bother me. It's gonna bother me. It's gonna. Eh, bother just, me. just take a hammer from one of your other doors. It's just gonna bother me. <laughs> Jonathan Hickman previews his multi-year plan to reinvent uh, Marvel's X-Men's comics. Multi-year, folks. Which, you know, again, I, I think we have said before, if it's anything like Infinity, his Infinity uh, leading up to Secret Wars type situation, this, is, this should be good. Hopefully. You know, you don't, don't want to put too much on it before it even comes out. Which is next week, by the way. Um, I'm believing what, House of X next week and Powers next, the week after. If I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so this is, so this is a, um, an article from um, Entertainment Weekly. Um, with Jonathan Hickman about some of his plans. Cool. And I know we have a reporter in the field that will be covering uh, another panel that will talk about some stuff tomorrow, which uh, hopefully we will talk about next week. Well, we'll be talking about the book next week anyway, so it doesn't matter. But right. still. Next. Right, so uh, in another interview, Jonathan Hickman is I saying... I the same one. 
Oh, same, same one. Mm-hmm. Same interview. Jonathan Hickman also came out and said that Marvel Comics is uh, making a big mistake by taking some cues from uh, the Marvel Studios movies where, where it's supposed to be the other way around, where mm-hmm. Marvel Comics should be setting the trend, should be the trendsetter for Marvel Studios to follow. Right. And That's pretty much what he says. Yeah, basically. And I, again, I, I tend to agree with this because it didn't make any sense. Like, okay, so the, the, the MCU is made of, of patchworks, almost Secret Wars, Battle World style of plots and ideas. Because, and even unless you did not know, the whole idea of the MCU loosely come from the Ultimates universe, wherein Nick Fury, you know, uh, starts up the Avengers. So we we should not let that that part goes past, and then from there on, it's a part a patchwork of you know prime stuff and and and, and um you know uh, other universe not universe stuff but basically you know six one six and ultimate universe stuff and all patched together. So it's basically similar. It's kind of sort of like what Disney did with the Star Wars, with the exception of the fact that. Well, I guess some of it is and some of it isn't not because what they did there is like all of the extended universe stuff is put out the pasture, but they will cherry pick stuff that they want to use and they will bring it back in the canon and the movies and any shows that they got coming up. And that's kind of sort of a little of what they're doing here. The difference being is that a lot of the stuff that they're using in the MCU started in the comics, goes to film and then comes back out to the comics as canon in some roundabout way, and that's dumb. Yeah, um, so, but un- unfortunately, that's that's what's going on, and I guess there's some mis- misguided... Well, I mean, maybe some numbers show it that, hey, maybe the people that are going to see the movie will go and check out the, the comic books, and if they see it just like what they see in the movies, then they'll be more apt to get into it or something. I mean, I've heard that being thrown around. It's an argument, but I don't yeah. think it's right. I agree with you. Um. So yeah, so that's it. But yeah, it's an it's an interesting take, and one that like not only you and I and a bunch of other people who commented on RQ, I mean on the on the um article agree with wholeheartedly. So and they basically say, let's see, um, to just pull out a quote, uh, they have a million dollars to play with, and we don't. You can't compete in that matter, and you shouldn't. The writer continued. Um, argument has been that I should always be way out in front of that stuff. All of that stuff is being drawn out from source material, um, in which Hickman ought to know because a lot of his material has been used, you know, <laughs> leading up to the previous couple of movies. That being, you know, um, um, Endgame and, and Infinity War. Right. So yeah. Um. Oh yeah. The, the other quote that I actually wanted to put off was like, I think this is one of the biggest the big mistakes that some people make at Marvel Comics is that we are reactive to what they're doing in the Marvel films. Uh, we should not be taking our creative cues from the direction they're taking in the movies. That kind of defeats the point. So, yeah, kind of going back over what we just said. So, yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, I've never understood it, and um, it doesn't make much sense, but yet here we are. Next up. Um, uh X-Men, several major mutant deaths mark the end of an era. Kind what of I talking. referred to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, um, 
yeah, we don't have to go too too far into, but there's been a lot of killings uh, in the the recent X Men books. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, kinda. And some people have taken taken issue with someone. I think this article kind of kind of mentioned it. I did not know about um, one of the deaths. So I didn't want to spoil it. Well, no, I'm not talking about the one that this article talks about, but there was another one in one of the other books, and in the yeah. uh, specifically the the um, War of the Realm book. I mentioned it. I didn't spoil it. Right, but I didn't know who it was. Yeah, I so. mentioned it. It was there was it was some it, it was part of a conversation where you were talking about how you know kind of fairly uh, Rosenberg had been criticized for killing off lots of female characters. I said, well, he just killed off a male character. Yeah, and uh, and, and 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 that was the one that you just found out about. I got you. Right. Well, and then and I heard about the fact that it was, yeah females and people of color, which apparently that person that we're referring to is right. that, and yeah. He just, I, and I kept saying I was going to read that book. I still will, but and it's, 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 at this point, it's not even necessary because that event's over with. But mm-hmm. so yeah, there's been a lot of killings, and as we said earlier, whether that's going to be come into whether that's going to either be permanent or be a non a non thing because of what Hickman is about to do, we don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. So I've I. Kind of feel like that's probably they're they're not going to bring it back. If they bring it back, it ain't going to be anytime soon. But again, we don't know what Hickman's going to do, and we don't know what's going to happen. So it is what it is. But yeah, I didn't know about this one that he's talking about here in in, in Uncanny. I'm like, huh? Yep. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Next, next up, uh, Marvel Spider Man video game yeah. is now the best selling superhero game ever. It's a uh, game. Hold on. Nope. No, that was good. No, that was it. That was it. That was no, fine. I was looking for. Really? Come on, there's more applause than that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a great game. There you go. Matter of fact, if you want to marry the two, you do that. But anyway, we don't have time for all that. Um. So yeah, uh, according to MPD numbers, um, uh, Marvel Spider-Man beat out two of the Batman Arkham games. And that's Arkham Knight and Arkham City, which were the last two right. uh, now, out of the from, trilogy. This is from the person who's cheering on uh, video games, but can't cheer on uh, in-game passing, hopefully passing uh, Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. I'm, hey, I'm, uh, it is what it is, man. I mean, you know. Like, I kid, I kid. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's funny. You're just like, yeah, just best the two Arkham Asylum games. I I'm mean, like, oh, oh. I see you. Hey, they're all they're all great games. Although I haven't played uh, Arkham Knight yet, now that I think about That's it, I've, I've played a little bit of Arkham City, but those games are good too. Marvel Spider Man also good, you know. And I'm more partial to the Spider Man game because I've played more of that than the Arkham games. Either way, the list kind of gets round out by two Lego Lego games, that being uh, Lego Batman and Marvel Secret Heroes, which I think has been out for a while. Uh, two Spider-Man the movie games and Justice Gods Among Us, the first one, not the second one. Weirdly enough, so according to this list here. Uh, and I don't know how long this list. So Marvel's Spider-Man has only been out since last year, and the rest of these games have been out for a couple of years. So it's weird. And also, okay, it says U.S. Lifetime top ten best-selling superhero games, physical and full full game digital from MPD. Uh, and like I said, a lot of these games have been out for a minute. Like Injustice, I think came the first Injustice came out like in a good three or four or five years ago. Injustice Two is around the tenth, and Arkham Asylum, which is the first Batman uh, Arkham game. Has been out for a few years, and um, 
So yeah, which again, all most of the games on this list is good. I haven't played the Lego Batman game, but I have played Lego Marvel Superheroes. But it's a Lego game, so it is what it is. <laughs> Nevertheless, numbers, 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 all good games. Let it roll. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of San Diego, what's going on in San Diego? So Marvel Games had their panel today, and we are getting news um, from. Hey, wait, I'm missing one. Something's not right here. Because I think there was one before that. Sorry, accessing. Yep, here we go. That was what. That was the one that I missed. Um, oh shit! Really? I didn't do it. I know you didn't do it. Um, hold on for a second. What the hell? Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure what the delay is. So, <laughs> uh, because the I for some strange reason I had the same article in two different um, in, in two different um. Links, I got Links, you. yeah, and that's not that's not cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, so anyway, Marvel Games had their panel today, and they ran over, um, you know, upcoming games uh, and near future coming games that they are doing. One of which being Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, which comes out actually tomorrow at the time of this recording, actually, and probably in a couple of hours. Um, usually, those those are like about three o'clock a.m. Uh, EST. Uh, depending on what service you're getting them on, but so and we're recording this on a Thursday night, so this is um, so this will be out on the 19th. Uh, and like I said, there's more details on gameplay and stuff because of what's uh, because it's coming out. Um, expansion passes which is coming out later this year, uh, and the, the expansion pass is going to be 20 bucks, and the players get access to three exclusive DLC packs as they release. Um, and won't which won't be available for individual purchase, and will include story content and playable characters from the franchises like Fantastic Four, X Men, and Marvel Knights. The first DLC pack is due to arrive this fall, where we see the addition of Moon Knight, Blade, The Punisher, and uh, from seemingly out of nowhere, Morbius, the Living Vampire, which um someone. Um, that I follow on Twitter was like, wow, that came from nowhere. And I'm sitting here like, mm, they were trying to get a movie off the ground with him, so I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But it still kind of came out of, you know, whatever. But um, also, there's two new playable characters, Cyclops and Colossus, will arrive as part of a free update to the game on August 30th, which is around um, Dragon Con slash um, whatever the big comic convention or uh, invention is going to be around that time uh, that I can't remember. Uh, anyway, uh, with alternate cost, with alternate outfits for all playable characters in the game, um, you know, rolling through early 2020. Now, I will say this: Cyclops in in the um, classes was in definitely the first Marvel Ultimate Liar playable yeah. from the jump. Let's put let's let's put that out there. I can't remember if they were. I think they were playable uh, in two at some point because you had to choose because it was Civil War and you had to choose a side but I'm not sure I can't remember if they were in that one or not but my point being they were in the first one off the rip why are they DCLC now side the point whatever it is what it is but so yeah so that came out during that part of the panel and next up I'm just going to go ahead and do these next couple um, okay 
uh, up to no, yeah, up to. I was about to two. say I'm going to look to see if there's anything else I want to pre-order. Okay, well, fine. While you do that, I'll go over this with the rest of the panel. Uh, Marvel Games Hall H panel showcases how Marvel's Iron Man VR nails flying. So this is so we've talked about the Iron Man VR game that which uh, was announced at this year's E3. Um, uh, and as the name denotes, it's an Iron Man VR game, which obviously you're going to be doing Iron Man things. I don't. It's probably not far off from that those two Spider-Man VR um, experiences, I guess, that have been out previously. I didn't know they did one for Far From Home, but they did. Um, this is being done by Camouflage, which is amusing to me. Um, Camouflage is a developer that basically kind of, at least as far as... Uh, I heard that it's Sabotage, by the way. <laughs> nice. I was like, wow! <laughs> Okay, great. Now you got me thinking about um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, but anyway, yeah, Camouflage is is doing the development on it, which is a development house. This is way too inside the basement. Um, came out the the director is an old um, Kojima Productions um, worker under Kojima. So this is kind of interesting. And uh, the last thing they did. Uh, was not VR, so I guess they must be leaning towards it, leaning into it a little bit more. But anyway, there's a couple of um, couple of videos um, where the director is talking about some of the stuff in the game and some uh, artists. The second one is like a, this is Audi Gredoff is doing some art for the game. Uh, I believe that's the, the case. Yes. Adi Adi Granoff designing designed uh, Iron Man's uh, impulse armor in the in another video. So if you want to check those out, that link is there in the show notes. Uh, and the last one out of that panel is everything we learned about the new Avengers game at Marvel Games Comic Con panel. So we talked about this is another game that that came out um, well uh, officially announced during E3 this year, and um, you know for myself and I'm sure there were others who were breathlessly anticipating to see what this game was going to be and we got our first look at E3 and uh, there was in this panel more gameplay footage of said game and also a couple of little treats um, in the the guise of apparently um, there was some narration around the young girl who talks about meeting her heroes that girl May or may not be one briefly seen in the footage who was seen running around looking for her Ami and Abu and wearing a Captain Marvel shirt. Okay. So, yes, folks, uh, apparently it is hinted that um, Kamala Khan is, is um, maybe poised to be centered around this game and may have some direct Im- impact on this game. And I believe they also said that uh, Captain Marvel in, in tow was also hinted at. Uh, during the course of this gameplay, but I'm not—I can't remember if that was like, well. Obviously, you know, if if Kamala's running around and she has a Captain Marvel shirt, mm-hmm. uh, then that would stand to reason. Before that, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it kind of sounds like, um, going back to the Spider-Man game, they kind of did something like that with Miles, except he wasn't doing uh, moderate uh, narration. They basically like you at once, not spoiling it because the game is kind of old. It's starting to get old at this point, but. You see uh, Miles' dad, who you know is a police officer, and you—I think you do see Miles like early on uh, in a crowd shot or something, 
and you may or may not know it was him, but you find out later on, um, like that due to meeting Miles's dad and I think some interaction with Miles himself, that you know he's around in that universe. So it may be something similar to that, but except for Kamala, maybe possibly narrating and may end up getting into the fray at uh, at some point during the story. So. Like I said, still looking. I need. To, I there is no video of the panel itself, and I'm sad about that. But I, so I don't know if they're going to release that sometime soon. Because I really want to see that. Uh, but that is it for that panel, and we can go on to the next story, which is probably this is, what I get. This is definitely oh, the one this you is should so get. Awesome. <laughs> I thought about you when I saw this uh, article, so I'm glad it worked out that you got it. Right. Well, the only reason why I said I should get it is I literally just ordered one of these uh, figures just now. Like, <laughs> while Roddy Cat was doing a story, I literally ran to grab my wallet to, to, to make an order. So, Hasbro has recreated classic Marvel comic covers with um, toys, specifically, some of them specifically from the 80th anniversary um, release of Marvel Legends. So, um, one of them isn't that great a cover, but it's a great figure. Which one? The cover is Captain America number 700. It's one of uh, the variant covers. Yeah. And it's just not that good a cover, but the figure is beautiful. Yes. One of the best renditions of Captain <laughs> America out there. I just ordered mine. Although, um, I don't know if that's a, Walmart. A, if that's a product of the picture or not, but right there by his right arm, looks like there's an imperfection there or something, or am I just tripping? A gap, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. But, that's like, um, but anyway. Right. Uh, it might just be a shadow from the gap because of the uh, way... It doesn't the, look like a shadow, but it might be... Like, the figure is molded. No, I mean, it's a shadow from the, the, the gap, that is. But I see what you mean by the imperfection. Yeah. But I think it's I think that's a uh, just part of the articulation, unfortunately, the angle that they have to uh, position the figure at. Maybe. To or create, like, right, to create that image. Pieces chipped off, and they just went with it. But regardless, it's still right. a beautiful-looking figure, regardless. Right. Just ordered mine. <laughs> uh, it's on pre... It's ready for pre-order now at stupid walmart i just went online and did mine <laughs> um also for pre-order but uh but for wide release you can get it at amazon um are um iron man they recreated iron man number 126 i would really like that figure with, uh, with the classic armor. You, can, you can pre-order it at amazon i was just no, about to do it i can't because i'm on a budget so <laughs> you can, i was about to say that's something that you can mention to someone who wants to order it for you um it's as easy as going on amazon and pre-ordering that as well as Thor 137. Now, Thor 137 is a little harder. Hmm. This is the first appearance of Ulick, and the Ulick figure was um, a San Diego exclusive that came out in that Thor multi-pack that I was lucky enough to get, mm -hmm. that uh, at Matt Wang 97 helped me get um, a couple years back. And um, there's a new Thor figure, which I think is like the epitome, it's the essential Thor, the classic Thor figure um, uh, from Marvel Legends as well. So that's ready for pre-order tonight. And um, uh, they actually have, um, whatchamacallit, they actually have another cover that they did. It's not part of this article, but it's the uh, uh, Jim Lee X-Men number one cover. Mm. There's, another, there's other stories out there that have um, Hasbro recreating all those covers with because it's not all of the 80th anniversary figures. It's only one of them. It, there's a there's a new Colossus that's coming out, right? And that's that's part of the um, that's part of the recreation of the cover. Um, but uh, might have saw that and skipped it for some reason, right? But the point is that there's another image out there of X Men number one with um, 
uh, recreated with Marvel Legends that have come out over the last year or two because uh, Hasbro uh, finally put started putting out um, X-Men Marvel Legends in earnest. Mm-hmm. It was probably, and, and, and no joke, it was probably uh, because the Fox deal was getting ready to go through. Right. So, yeah, there you go, folks. Um, but that's not all for the toy news. Um, in fact, great, we'll get back to another Marvel one in a minute. But solo surprising Darth Maul cameo gets an unsurprisingly great uh, action figure. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a uh, solo of Star Wars era era uh, Darth Maul with robotic legs uh, that is going to go on sale. That part's still kind of weird, weirded me out. But anyway, you see him with the, as you can see here, it's him. He's got the seat, got the robot legs, interchangeable arm, uh, hands, uh, the, the dual bladed lightsaber, etc., etc., etc. It is two hundred and thirty dollars. But Hot Toys are Hot Toys uh, issued uh, figures are not cheap most of the time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't come out to the end of twenty twenty. So Star Wars fans, do your thing whenever that time comes. Next, uh, Tony Stark Hot Toys figure captures Iron Man's defining Endgame moment. So I still won't spoil it, but yeah, he has a defining moment in Endgame, and yeah, Hot Toys is coming up with their uh, supreme likeness versions of uh, of these figures, and uh, get ready to shell out some dough. And I'm going to unashamedly say, if you're watching the video, you already see the 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 the, um, the, the figure in question. Because right. at this point, I'm not caring. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's a good like the hot toys. Say what you want about the price, but you know, hard to hard toys. Wait, it's hard to argue with that though, with the with the, with the quality. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's a fairly easy argument, but yes, you're right. Because yes, they put a whole lot of quality in them, and and it kind of justified the price that they put. Yep. What they put in—that's what you're saying. I know. That's my but, point. Yeah. But for those of us who are on a <laughs> on a budget, that's a uh, that's a little bit a tall order. And speaking of tall orders, which man, that was a great segue. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back. This was crazy. Yes, um, I kind of want. So, so before I even go to this, I think we talked about last week. There was a transform, uh, uh, Optimus Prime transformer that is 150 bucks. But it is the in the, um, in the colors of the Ecto One with right. a slimer with a roller and all that kind of good mess. That's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. This one, folks, stare in awe and wonder at this gigantic five hundred seventy-five dollar Transformers Unicron figure. Five hundred and seventy-five dollars, mind you, Unicron. This huge. Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, it is a whopping two foot tall. Um, piece of joint right here, and as you, as you can see here, is on a stand uh, in its transformed state. And yes, right. Unicron from the 1986 movie where he ate up anything and people died, and till all were one. Um, and it is worth noto- noting that um, while the price is five hundred seventy-five dollars, I believe this is coming from their crowdfunding platform yes HasLab, their crowdfunding uh platform so i guess if it makes whatever crowdfunding thing they'll make it will probably but it will there are people out there with that disposable income that are like you know what that's what i need to wait are you saying people with more sense than money you're i agree 
Yeah. I mean, more money than yes. sense. Yeah, with yes. less sense than money, right? Yes. So I agree. And if one of them wanted to adopt me, I would take their money gladly. But anyway, so it, it is a great figure. Like, uh, say what you will about the coloring. Um, and this is not the first uh, Unicron figure, but I believe this is the first one of this size. It's the first. I was about to say this is the first figure Transformers figure of that size. Period. Uh, that's bigger than Omega yes. Supreme. Yes, yes, yes. That's what, yeah. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, that is definitely the, the bigger of the one yet. Which obviously, it's a freaking planet size Transformer. So what would you expect? Regardless, that's a thing. It's gonna probably gonna make whatever it's trying to do. Hold on, let's look. Let's click this link real quick. See what's so nuts. So so nuts. Okay, now this is one of their articles, but um. Regardless, you can look up their platform and, and probably find the um, and find the listing. And so the deadline for it. Oh wait, so here we go. Five hundred seventy-five dollars. Hasbro has a target minimum goal of eight thousand backers before Unicron will go officially into production, with a deadline of August thirty-first, twenty nineteen, for the required number of supporters to get on board. So. And if it even if and even if it does make it, it's, you're gonna have to wait a little longer to get it because they won't ship until 2021 at the earliest. Yeah, they still gotta make them. Yeah, right. And so yeah, so that's that that part is understood. And still, that's wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a big, big toy. All right, next up, next up. McFarlane Toys showed off. New collectibles from Fortnite, Game of Thrones, Mortal Kombat, My Hero, My Hero Academia, Naruto, and more. So if you thought that Hasbro made all the toys, you were dead wrong. Oh no, there's bunches and hot toys and 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 bunches of other places. But yeah, um, actually we talked about McFarlane what last week? I feel like we did. We brought them up. Are you okay? Anyway, so yeah, they, so this is basically some more stuff that is being shown off during um, San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, are you watching My Hero, or have you gotten it? I haven't gotten. It. Yeah. I haven't. Of, I, I haven't, you're running since, through some anime. Yeah, I was about to say since I finished uh, Ava, I have not um, decided on going through uh, an entire run. I've been trying to figure out where to start with Gundam, but there's so much to choose from. Uh, I may skip to something else, so we'll see. Yeah, you might want to come back to it because there's a couple of different. We can talk about that later. But there's a couple of places that we can jump on because none of them have anything to do with the other stuff. I think we feel like we've had that conversation before, anyway. Um, right. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, Palmetto Alchemist, maybe. Okay. Maybe. But anyway, um, that's a, another conversation for another time. So, yeah, that's McFarlane. What's McFarlane's up to? I actually haven't really watched. I think I watched like an episode of My Hero, so I don't. I'm not fully on it whenever. But there's another article saying that the coolest San Diego Comic Con's exclusive they're most excited from from Gizmodo. Um, there's some Power Rangers uh, pins. There's that um, Star Wars retro prototype of Dark Vader that we talked about previously. Uh, there's that that Transformer Prime um, that we just pre just mentioned. And there's some other stuff that, um, hey, how are you? Um, some other <laughs> stuff. Ooh, that Megatron. I didn't see this one. Is this the Japanese version? It can't be, because that's not what the Japanese version's name is. 
uh, Super Cyborg, Megatron. So there's a bunch of stuff like Funko and from Mattel. Oh wait, there's a She-Ra. Of course there is. Um, and some other stuff that that Gizmodo went through and you know, um, oh, I thought I thought it was a collar. I'm gonna say wait a minute. Oh, it is a collar, but not the kind of collar I was thinking of. Anyway, it's a bunch of stuff during that article that they found and and um, were interested in. Some of which we have talked about previously. Next up. Dynamite Entertainment announces celebratory panels. Okay, good for you, Dynamite. Yeah, so this is basically like we we ran through a few of people's uh, panel listings last week, and Dynamite. This is Dynamite. So we I didn't don't think we got to then. Okay. Uh, and I guess hey, guess what? It's going on right now, or you know, some of it's Art already gone. It's a, yeah. Um. Actually, yeah. The first day is done. So. I'm just sitting here waiting for uh, um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance to, to uh, open up. Anyway, Comixology Originals announces new seasons of for creator-owned titles such as Delver and Stonestar. Uh, Delver is the Iron Comics uh, imprint written by uh, Spike Trotman, go shout her, uh, and MK Reed with art with uh, Clive Hawken. And uh, Stone Star is Jim Zub's book with uh, Max Dunbar. Both are creative owners, as previously said, and they're Comixology originals, which obviously you will not see in any kind of listings. Because I don't think, yeah, Comixology originals don't come up on Diamond, do they? I... That you don't know? I doubt it. Because yeah. I know they don't come up on, on Comics list, but regardless. So sometimes it's worth taking a look at this because there's actually some t- pretty decent stuff, even from Marvel, uh, that has come out of there. Next right. up. Glad you got this one. Yeah, I was going to say Diamond only shows what's shipping to stores. Right. So, so that uh, makes, yeah. Rob Leefield <laughs> is reporting for Wait. duty. Is it Leifield. Leifield. I thought it was Leifield. Leefield, Leifield, yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah, who cares? Reports for duty with G.I. Joe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's realistically, Snake Eyes is probably the perfect character for him because it's a very 90s era character, quote unquote, even though Snake Eyes has been around well before the 90s. But he's got pouches, you know. <laughs> like, During the military, most of them had pouches. Well, this is true, but what I'm saying, but this is, let's put it this way if there was a a military closeness to Deadpool, it would be Snake Eyes. And that's, yeah. that is definitely uh, insulting to Snake Eyes, and I very much apologize. Right. But I'm just saying. But regardless, Snake Eyes Dead Game coming to coming in early twenty twenty. I even called it Dead Game. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, twenty twenty will uh, will mark Lifefield's first GI Joe story. Um, oh, according to this, two words: bucket list. Says Lifefield. Lifefield, who cares? One more word: icon. That's uh, yeah. That's he sounds like the, the asshole would sound like that. Anyway, Snake Eyes is Wolverine, Deadpool. Of course, he would say that. And Spider Man rolled into one amazing character for an entire generation of fans that thrilled to, to his adventures in comics and cartoons, and hung on his every toy release. My parents drove me all over the country to get his yeah director because his skin. Sure, they did. Uh, they were my first and most favorite toys working with Hasbro, Hasbro and all of my friends at IDW has been a blast so far I can't wait to get into this work get this work out into the public if you've enjoyed my recent Marvel work nope. um, <laughs> this will match or exceed it well okay yeah. 
Sometimes you can only go up from the bottom. Anyway, I should I shouldn't say that because I haven't been reading that book, so I don't freaking know. Um, next up, IDW returns to the Star Trek mirror. I forgot to send this over the thing, but Dirk's probably already seen us. Who oh, no. Uh, IDW returns to Star Trek mirror universe and sends Voyager there for the first time. So yes, another in a long line of well, a, a starting to get long line of of um, Star Trek miniseries to come in the recent history, especially dealing with the Mirror Universe. This is the next iteration of that, which I think this is the only other series. Well, they still haven't done Enterprise. Well, no, because Enterprise did go there during the course of its run on air. And Discovery has too. So, yeah, I think this is the only other Star Trek uh, series that has not ventured into the Mirror Universe in any way, shape, or form. And now they're going to get a one-shot in the form of Smoke and Mirrors, um, which puts the, um, the the crew of the USS Voyager in, well, in their in their mirror universe um, forms, I should say. Uh, written by Paula Lohr, uh, with painted art by Star Trek fan favorite J.K. Woodard. And, uh, oh yeah, he's the one who's been doing the art for the mirror universe stuff. And yeah, so basically this introduced, like I said, this is basically Voyager version of the Mirror Universe crew and spoiler alert, all, uh, well not spoiler alert, but hey, this is, sounds like this is first, second season, uh, Voyager, uh, but they are going to have a, another side product with this, the stuff that is already going on with the Mirror Universe in the form of a Terran calling herself Anika Hansen. <gasps> if you're a Star Trek Voyager fan, you know that name. <laughs> okay, and I'm sitting here like this. It's seven of nine. It's you know. So, so anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Who? So anyway, yeah, that's the thing. I'm actually slightly looking forward to this because I've been liking the the Mirror Universe stuff that they've been doing with those. Some are better than others, especially that first one was great. Some of these other ones have been kind of like, really? What's going on? Why? Uh, but they're going to do this and they're going to milk it. So it's, it is what it is. Next up. Next up, Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going to meet for the first time in a Boom event series. So they're hmm. going to share comic pages for the first time ever in a five-issue series starting in December. So I said okay. Yeah, so I said this on Twitter. Like, um, Power Rangers have crossed over with the Justice League. The Turtles have uh, crossed over with Batman three times. Yep. It's only a matter of time to where this was going to happen, one. And two, the Turtles will probably join in the Justice League. At some point, that intellectual property may be subject to purchase. <laughs> yeah. Or, say, or, at the very least, or at the very least, there's either going to be a crossover of that a crossover between them and He-Man or either one of these properties and He-Man because that's the only other property because that's the other property that has been doing a good bit of well they haven't done a lot of crossovers but they've done a couple and Ghostbusters who's done a, a few different crossovers so at some point and I think there was a Ghostbusters uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Turtles one so half of that has already been done so it's just a matter of the, the Rangers meeting the Ghostbusters or something Anyway, so yeah, that's the thing coming on. I'm probably going to check it out because I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, the magician's Lev Grossman manifests details on his new graphic novel, Alice's Story. So, if you did not know, the magician's, which is on Sci-Fi, 
was adapted from Lev Grossman's uh, stories. It's basically Hogwarts. If Hogwarts was like uh, more of a college and there was a lot of sex, that's a kind of a short term window, but whatever, it still works. That actually first couple of seasons are actually pretty good. If you haven't, and if you like magic, because I know there are some people on the panel kind of didn't really like magic stuff, but it's a good show. I haven't read any of the books, uh, but now there's going to be uh, a card. Actually, I think I want to say this is out already. Matter of fact, yes. Um, it, is, it came out this week. Uh, from Boom Studios, we'll, we'll premiere this 208-page offering on July 16th, which again, like I said, it's already passed. Um, and it deals with Alice Quinn, which is one of the main uh, figures of the magician. So, if you are a fan of the magicians and or Alice in, in said universe, go for it! Next up! Alrighty. Uh... New graphic novel, Adora, in the distance, is a heroic fantasy about living with autism. So... Yeah, so apparently Mark Brendine, who is the writer of this, uh, has a daughter with um, autism, and this is... Oh, no, it's, yeah, no, it's Mark Bernardin. This is the guy on... Mark Bernardin. That's the, wait, is that okay. not what I said? No, Mark Bernardine. So. Oh. Okay. Well, I didn't know how to pronounce for my apologies. Yeah, no. Only because I hear him all the time on Fat Man Beyond. Mac- gotcha. Right. Yeah, I've yep. seen the name, but I don't think I've... Stop it. I've, I've never heard it being pronounced, so that's my apologies. But yeah, so uh, apparently his um, his daughter has uh, autism, and this book was based off of her and that. Uh, according to the, what it says here, there are millions of parents of kids. Actually, I know someone like that, and my mother was a special ed teacher, so I have had some experience somewhat... Uh, and, and dealing with folks such as that. Uh, but anyway, uh, there are millions of parents of kids on the autism spectrum, and there are millions of children with siblings on the spectrum. Bernardin uh, says in a statement, this isn't a book on how hard it is to be a parent or a sibling. It is one that imagines the unknowable, what's going on inside the mind of a, of a loved one who has never been able to tell us. So... Um, Adora in the Distance is intru- illustrated by Ariella Cristantina, colored by Jessica Colleen, and lettered by uh, Bernardo Bryce. So, if you're, and it's out on, um, it will be out on Comixology Originals this winter, which is like I said, sometimes you might want to check that uh, if you're interested, because there are some, some interesting things that'll come out there unnoticed. So, there you go. Next up, um, Stranger Things, Greg Pak, uh, Valeria Favaccia, uh, to helm Zombie Boy's graphic novel. So, yeah, so Dark Horse is announced a new Stranger Things graphic novel. The comic titled Zombie Boys will be written by, like I said, uh, the creative team I just mentioned. Uh, like the previous Stranger Things comic published by Dark Horse, the graphic novel will be a standalone tale set in the world of the TV series. The story will be set after the first season of the show and will depict the main characters trying to adjust to normal school life after encountering the Demogorgon and the Upside Down. I've heard those names, but I'm not sure. So if you're a fan of that show, hey, go for it. Next? Uh, yeah. Alan Moore announced his retirement from comics. Uh, it was three years ago. And the only reason why it's out there now is that one of the terms of his retirement was that he would retire from comics after uh, 
the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen finished. And that essentially is what just happened. Right. The final comic book work, The League of Gentlemen, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 4, The Tempest Number 6, with longtime collaborator Kevin O'Neill, arrived in comic book stores this week on Wednesday. So that's why it's now official. Right. And speaking of Alan Moore, he looks like Rasputin. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. But in more Alan Moore news, uh, which is also coming out around, the, the, you know, uh, at a similar time, legendary creator Alan Moore takes a parting shot at Comicsgate. So uh, uh, apparently um, um, somebody, uh, I don't know if it was on Twitter or not, but somebody wrote um, Alan Moore a letter and I won't go through the whole letter asking him why is he, is he leaving why is he leaving the comics business um and you know like I said you can you can if you you can check the, the link will be in the show notes but it, he his um his response was um <laughs> was just <laughs> and amusing it was I would dare say it's an Alan Moore as a response but you know it it is what it is so we'll just leave it at that. But okay. screw Comicsgate and anybody yep. who supports them. Period. Screw Comicsgate. Screw Comicsgate. All right. You know. Next up. And hopefully we don't know anyone that is that is uh, supporting them on whatever. Next up. Screw Comicsgate. Exactly. Um, so shout out to Matt Wayne ninety seven who's at <laughs> San Diego. Specifically, he's there. He's going to be there, and he was probably there to to, to hear about this announcement from uh, Hasbro, where Magic the Gathering has announced a new card set for 2019. The Hasbro Media Breakfast event unveiled the Throne of Eldraine card set with a pre-release date of September 28th or 29th of 2019. Shout out to also BDM, who uh, has been on the show before, who's also a friend of um, uh, Matt Wayne's and also an avid Magic player. Uh, yes. Uh, who I know, because there was some back and forth, I know you've seen the chatter, uh, for another set that is coming out that, that uh, Matt's going to get for him. I, I kind of wanted that set either, but I'm not that big into it, and it costs too much. Gotcha. <laughs> but this is so yeah, so this is another expansion that is coming out soon, and this there's been rumblings of um, coming out I mean, there's been rumblings coming out about this for at least the last month or two. Like, there's there's usually like four or five different um, releases per year for Magic. You know, like Court uh, Court Twenty just came out. I'm not going to get hardcore into that, um, but there's usually a couple of different things coming out. And there was a um, a pre-release thing called uh, there was a, a a thing called Archery, which is what this turns out to be, the Throne of Eldron, uh, being a new card set. Um, and yeah, uh, so more money for people who um, who are into that. Like, I love the game, but I, that's a lot of money, especially physically. However, Magic Arena is out and it's free, but it's probably, I don't know if this is, I'm not sure where this is going to fall, because I know Core 20 just came out in Magic 20, and I know there's been some Commander stuff that's been out uh, that just came out also um and i don't know if what what format this is going to mostly be known but i'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more information in the coming weeks uh specifically july 20th um um at the the panel that's going to be 
there. And I hope Matt tweets about this or I'm sure there'll be some, some news about it, but you know, uh, and I'm, and I know the, the other magic sources will have their hands on it, but uh, you know, here's hoping, but regardless, there's a freely release date of September 28th, 29th for, for this new set. And uh, we'll have more, um, more on it as well. We probably won't, but cause I know this is not necessarily a magic focus <laughs> podcast, but you know, there is a there is a ties of comic books because there are comic you'll hear more about it eventually at some point you know whether yeah some places I was torn with this next one but I'll let you do it because it, it almost didn't make the cut just okay like the one. Uh, WWE superstar Ember Moon is going to play Dungeons and Dragons at Gen, at Gen Con Gen Con so yeah. is it Gen Con I believe it's Gen Con yes ah uh, that doesn't really matter but still. So. Yeah, so he's so so it's going to part. They're going to participate in a live stream Dungeons and Dragons session hosted by tabletop miniature terrain maker Dwarven Forge. Uh, so yeah, apparently she's she's um, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, she's so an avid player apparently, um, and she's been in um, she's been playing with Up Up, up Down Down's uh, Rollout D campaign, which I did not know they did one. But then again, I'm not, I don't follow that many wrestlers. I know of Xavier Woods from his other uh, like video game dealers, also in the, and the fact that he's you know a wrestler or whatnot. Uh, I'm not going to hold that against either one of them. But regardless, that's going to be the thing that is happening, and it's going to happen at Gen Con on August. Third, because that's usually when Gen Con. I kind of want to go to Gen Con actually. So that's a big Gen Con is a big, um, if I'm not mistaken, big board game convention that happens in Chicago somewhere. I can't remember where it is that I see a lot of people on my timeline talk about when they go. I kind of want to go one day, even though I'm, I, I don't have any friends to play that kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but this is going to play out. The session will <laughs> will show off Dragon Dragon Forges fantastic hellscape terrain, and will play out. Uh, in front of a live studio audience, as they used to say. Uh, joining Moon will be voice actress Erica Ishii of um, uh, and Satine Phoenix, both of uh, of Geek and Sundry fame, also, and Dwarven Ford founder Stephen Pockerney, and um, yeah, be DM'd by uh, Dwarven Ford Chief Creative Officer Nate Taylor. So that'll be a good time. It'd be cool. What's funny, real quick, is that Dwarven Forge stuff, the terrain stuff, yeah, that's the stuff Not cheap. that you dreamed about right. when you were a kid, but now you need a lot of money to afford. Right. You know I know people that use it, and God bless them. <laughs> God bless them. God bless them that they can use that stuff. Good for them. Yeah, which reminds me of something I was going to ask you about. Um, I don't know if this happened. You, I think you know what I'm, what I'm referring to if that's happened, but that'll be after the show. Okay. Um, hey, folks, guess what's coming back, which we've already talked about previously, and I still can't believe it. Toys R Us is coming back to the U.S. for the holiday season. Uh, the bubble, according to the, the byline here, or tagline here, the, the bubble retail brand is back, kind of. Which, again, we've talked about this before, um, but we've got a little bit more details on it, and apparently they're going to be setting up shop by the holidays. Um over the course of 2020 and there's going to be a slight shift in, in, in how the, the store is going to play out. According to this, the new stores will be designed to be highly interactive with daily events and activities. There will be displays of playing toys out of the box to allow kids to play with them and demoing games that embrace steam. 
I think that's supposed to be STEM. Pretty okay. sure. And that was a typo. Because Steam is the video game platform where people can buy stuff. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and art and math. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe education. But I'm pretty sure it's STEM. Um, regardless, and and probably most important to some people, the brand's mascot, Jeffrey Giraffe, will also be present and featured in an open PlayStation, quote-unquote. So, okay. yeah, rebranding and uh, grand opening, maybe another grand closing, I don't know. No, <laughs> no. Coming, uh, coming soonish to an area somewhere possibly near you. Back I like mean, it, back like it never left. It's the weirdest thing. It is, it really. is the weirdest thing. It's, you know, why go away? But at the same time, you know, you had to figure, I guess, that big box retailer. Thing they had going on was unsustainable, but sure. Oh, you know. yeah. Before you go any further, uh, the, the new stores, which would be smaller than the retail giants, former big box, speaking of what you just mentioned, but um, the locations will be located in Westfield, Garden State Plaza, and Paramus, New Jersey, and the Galleria in Houston. So, if you ever go over to Paramus, you, you'll take some pictures. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's in Jersey, I gotta drive over there. Yeah, I'm saying so. Apparently, that's and I'm are those are the only two that's going to be for the time being, I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. I mean, yeah, what it is, weird, is but... that they put them in, yeah, they put them in the, you know, like, uh, the, Why the fucking Jersey uh, though. Well, the thing is the rent one and two, that's mm. the easiest way to get people to, to, to get there from the surrounding area. I suppose. Yeah. But well, in the gallery in Houston, like why not the gallery in, in Philly? Never mind. I guess I can answer that question myself. Um, I don't know. So yeah. So there you go. It's if you're near either one of those two places when it opens up, go forward. Next, last but not least, uh, Midboss has yes. partnered with IDW Publishing to expand the read-only memories universe with an all-new comic book series, 2064 Read-Only Memories, uh, set to begin releasing in monthly installments starting December of 2019 this year. So, yeah, so, uh, 20, 20, so run, we don't remember. Yeah, so basically, it's a video series yeah. that are making a comic book store. So, and I've heard people like the series. I've never played it, or not series. I, I believe it's only one game. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a, a comic book tie-in into the world. And yeah, there is a. a I'm apologize for stepping over you, but there's going to be a limited run physical Switch release of said game uh, in Q Q4 of this year. Limited run kind of just does like uh, it's almost like loot crate but specified with certain video games and not necessarily a subscription thing but they basically put uh, like they do a version of the game in a limited run and they make a box with uh, other stuff surrounding the game in it kind of loot crate style so it's it's neat but you know so anyway so that's the thing uh, apparently Cine Grace is going to be the writer on it uh, of um, of Iceman fame and Stefano Simone, who is doing the art for it. So, sure, go check that out. And it's called um, uh, Read Only Memory. Oh, no, that's a different game. Never mind. So, yeah. And that is it, folks, for the news. And therein lies the end of the show. But first, that's our last ad read of the night. 
Our last ad read of the night is for audible.com, free 30-day trial. So for you, the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, I would actually recommend that you read Between the World and Me by Tan Nahasi Coates. Uh, Becoming by uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, or The Best in the World at What I Have No Idea by Chris Jericho. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash comic book chronicles. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash comic book chronicles for your free audiobook. Cool. I was going to ask you if those were your picks, or was that what what the script? One of them. This? Yeah, but that's one of them. I've read uh, I've read Between the World and Me, mm. uh, but I have the audiobook for Becoming, and I'm listening to it because uh, the first lady is reading it, so it's actually interesting to have her read it to me. Oh yeah, I would check that out. Wait, that sounded that sounded bad. But anyway, no. Yeah, I, I would I say I'm like, whoa. I, I do. Dude. I have I have actually heard good things about that book. Uh, so. And I, cause I think I was going to get a copy for my wife, and I did not do that because I wasn't sure if she was going to read it. But, well, she probably would if she knew she did. But regardless, that's beside it. That's neither here nor there. We are here at the end of the show, folks. Yes. Um, uh, as we do every week, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out and being a part of this, whether you did it live or, you know, hear this after the fact. Uh I will go ahead and tell you there will probably be more San Miguel Comic Con news next week. Bang yes. <laughs> yes, we will be recapping basically the rest of San Diego Comic Con news next week. There's going to be a lot more to come. Yes. Look forward to our discussions on it. Exactly, because today was the first day. And of course, uh, Hickman's, uh, I think, House of X starts next week. Not probably. Oh, one yeah. Of them, one of them. So we will probably have a good bit to say about that. Yeah, lots to look forward to. Remember, get out there, watch Avengers Endgame again, because down with Avatar, I'm petty. Oh, Jesus. So, yes. So, that being the case, uh, I have been Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me uh, at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News on Need on Twitter, uh, at CB Caps on Instagram, and uh, uh, News Nurse Needs Reddit. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe one of these days he'll have a blog post or a video series. He'll start his own YouTube channel. I don't know. We'll, we don't know what that guy, what that guy's gonna do. That guy. Um, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com, and there's umbrella sites therein. And the Osiris that is ish. Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter. CB Caps. Oh, excuse me. That's not CB Crap. CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. And the Click Nation. also, which we, we should really start putting some stuff up there. Um, I need to talk to him about that. Anyway, uh, and also, comic book resources, where he is writing his face off, including in the thr- including now in the throes of San Diego Comic-Con. Go check out his stuff, click on his things, um, uh, on his news articles, I should say, not his things, because that's from Invasion of Privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, go get, go get the man some clicks. He's writing some great stuff over there, including that magic uh, magic story that I did not think he would ever do. Um, magic together, rather. So yeah, like I said, go check out his stuff. Um, you can find this show on CSPN Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. <laughs> And also, you can find us and subscribe to us at Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and the Cold Leather Podcast Network SoundCloud page. And until next week. Start with yes. that. That's all right. It's all good. And until next week, we shall see you at the same bat time, same bat channel. Um, right here on YouTube's or or in the audio in your ears in audio form. However you choose to to uh, to get us into your ears, we shall be here for you. And with that, this is the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. Good evening.